0: Welcome to Allies of Convenience, the international competitive Warhammer 40,000 podcast. I am your host, Alex Ray. We are back. It's 2016. New content for you. New tournament season about to kick off with some big, big events. We're going to be looking at Caledonian Uprising next week on the podcast. That's happening right now in Stockport. So big up the team. We're also going to be building towards the Las Vegas Open, officially the biggest Warhammer 40,000 tournament in the world right now, for solo anyway. Anyway. Uh, So we're going to be looking towards that. But this week, uh, we've got some interesting stuff for you. We reconvened after the holidays and found out what some of the guys are building towards in 2016. If they're going to be trying out anything new or staying with their tried and tested. Matt Robertson has an interview with some of the competitors from the Butchers of Bakersfield tournament, which is a build-up towards LVO. And I spoke to Troy Graber, who is part of the team that's running the Flying Monkeys GT out in Wichita, Kansas, which is a new GT slightly longer format for the episode this week, clocking in just over two hours. We hope you don't mind. We're going to be going back to the shorter formats with the regular and consistent output uh, over the coming weeks, but we had a lot of stuff to get through, and a a nice catch-up with the guys as well, so uh, I think it's well worth it. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into the first feature as we catch up with Matt Robertson, James Ramsey, Jesse Newton, and a late-arriving Hodor. hope you enjoy (laughs) So it is a new year. Um, well, it's been a new year for a while. <laughs> we finally got round to recording something. Um, there's loads of stuff going on though, so uh, we can look forward to loads of recordings, episodes dropping in the near future. It's 2016, and we are fully back into the tournament swing of things. We've got episodes coming up real soon. Looking forward to Cali. Looking forward to LVO and all the cool and crazy shit that's going on uh, in the next couple of uh, months. But this is just reintroducing you back to. Well, the sound of our voices, really. Uh, Tonight I'm joined by Matt Robertson. Hello, Matt. Hello. Uh, We have got the uh, ever charismatic James Ramsey. Hello. Hello. Yes, that's what we love. Uh, And Jesse's there eating bacon and maple
1: syrup. Hi, guys. Uh, So we're
0: basically.
2: basically (laughs) You're so racist. You're confusing Americans for Canadians. Now, granted, they are our 51st state and our hat. But they still put the queen on the money. That's why we haven't brought them fully into the fold.
0: But you do eat maple syrup on bacon like savages though, so
2: well, I mean, our bacon is better than your bacon anyway, so what's it matter? No, That's a lie. Not. That's not a lie. You had an entire week to prove me wrong, and your breakfast ham was quite the disappointment when you called it bacon. Now for breakfast ham, it was quite wonderful. It's a lot like Canadian bacon, but it is not true bacon. It's, and when you told me, oh, my bacon's better than your bacon, you lied to me.
3: Like you say, Jesse, it's like Canadian bacon. It's the Queen's bacon. She knows what's going on. The you queen just doesn't haven't know accepted anything. that.
2: The Queen is incorrect, sir. No, when it comes There's to a bacon, reason. I'm afraid. I'm sorry. You can't put a, your bacon in your sandwiches. not like, like ba- yes. our, our bacon doesn't have to be crisp. First of all, also, there was another thing. Uh, Apparently, we have this thing called Heinz 57 that is supposedly a lot like your brown sauce. So when you go to LVO, Matt, you have to, you have to test it for me, get Heinz 57 sauce, and tell me. It won't be the same. It's I know.
3: It has to be HP.
2: Uh, well, maybe. I don't know. doesn't matter. All that matters is our bacon is better than your bacon, and your bacon is even, a, like, your bacon is Danish bacon. It's not even I have a two Queen's bacon.
0: for you so we can move on. And get on to talking about 40. I'm
2: right. I know.
0: No, baked beans. Anyway, let's move on <laughs> to uh, talking about something, another thing that the British do best, uh, which is playing Warhammer 40,000, of course. Um, so we've got events coming up real soon. We've got LVO, which I know I Matt's the Germans going to. did that best. No, they don't. But we uh, are going to talk about some events that we've got coming up in the calendar. Um, so I know Cali's is quite a big one. That's happening real soon. We're going to be doing a preview of, of that next week. Is that right, Matt?
3: Uh, the events next week, so we'll do an afterview.
0: Okay, alright, cool. We can't do anything just beforehand. Are they going to publish lists? A lists going to be about? Uh,
4: they normally
3: are, but nothing's been out yet, okay, so okay. it might be late this week, possibly. The draw might be late this week. We don't know this year. It's well, we'll very, see. Uh, It'll quiet. be
4: interesting. To see still sorting out do. lists and things. People are still dropping out and get lists sorted out and blah blah. Crikey. Alright, well, we'll
0: see what we can do with that, but we will at the very least do a post review show of that. Um, But LVO, we're definitely going to do some preview stuff. I know you've been getting ready for that, guys. Um, Who's travelling to that from the UK?
3: There's me, Alex Harrison, Christian Moore, Joe Threeman and Mark Crumblebumble. We'll all be on at some point to do a preview before we go and talk about how excited we are and how
0: silly it's going to get. Uh, How much fun are you going to have playing ITC rules? as well. Great stuff. Um, and also, you're going to be talking to some of the Americans involved as well, right?
3: Yeah, we've already got a couple of little chats lined up with Great. a few of the local guys, and then we'll try and get some guys from the East Coast who i talk with quite often. And...
2: Hashtag Beast Coast.
3: Hashtag Beast Coast.
0: Uh, and of course, there's uh, Imperial Armour Book out that has given the Eldar much-needed reinforcements to bring them back up to parity with the rest of the clearly overpowered uh, and much more dominant codexes which are out there, um, so we'll look at that as well. Um, I, I know you guys will be really keen to to look at some of that stuff.
3: You're breaking the law, Alex. You start talking Forge World. That's banned on this. The <laughs> unmentionables are in that book. Remember, we can't talk about that. Yeah, but there's
4: okay. a lot more unmentionables now. There's like half the book is unmentionable.
0: Yes. <laughs> so we'll talk Wait, about I'm, the parts we
3: can. Is it good? It. it it's another level of good yeah Uh,
4: yeah when you can take like as many links as you really want it's kind of stupid
0: warp hunter formations are
2: are wonderful are
0: the lynxes
2: are the lynxes uh actual destroyer weapons now today don't worry about lynxes you
0: don't even have to worry about lynxes anymore just warp hunter formations just worry about those
2: the best thing
3: is because it's an eldar and corsair book the warp hunters are unmentionables. (laughs) They have different rules depending if they're Eldar or Corsair. <laughs> yes,
0: they do. <laughs> actually, technically, they have different rules depending on which page you look at as well. well so uh, does the links
3: actually? The Eldar yeah. links is different to the Corsair links.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll do we'll we'll look at that properly in, in the future. But um, it, yes, if if you play in an area which uses Forge World, firstly my apologies, and secondly, yeah, go and go and try and check out that uh, Imperial Armour book with the uh, new Eldar stuff in because it's. Horrible if you don't play older um, but let's move on from that as well what what's everyone else been been looking at uh it's a new year it's twenty sixteen obviously we've, we, we're starting a new basically a new tournament season i guess um, you know the e t c is now finally a, a distant memory of uh sweaty dysentery for uh, Mike Collins and everyone else that was around him. Unfortunately, uh, but we got all of our, our coverage out of that. That's now done and completed. The OC tournament was a big, huge success. Um, and now we're looking at 2016. What's everyone looking at for 2016? What do you think is going to be the big tip as we go into back into competitive 40k? LVO, I meant like force wise, army list wise, broken shit wise. What are you guys look at?
3: Tau. Tau? Mm-hmm. How, ta- how are Tau
0: forming up now because like that's a book that had so many angles in it and obviously had two supplements as well so they've got even more options what are, what's really emerging for the Tau now that's uh... I, think Riptides,
3: it's... Piranhas.
4: I think they're uh, pretty good yeah. might be better than Elder actually if you can take some good allies
3: like Eldar allies
4: yeah, and an assassin. assassin so yeah. Everything else, nah. Talos is better now. Yeah. What do you What
0: this. do you like? What do you like? Obviously, apart from apart from the Riptide
4: Wing, uh, and the Piratus. Piranha Factory, the dro- all the formations is incremental.
3: Mm. All so- of the supplement stuff.
0: So if wait, you play Tao no. and you don't have the Monk car book, you're doing it wrong. Basically, is what you're saying.
4: Yeah, Yeah, but you can make a really good army without that, which is good as well, I guess. It shows
0: how good it is. Mm. Uh, Any other standouts for you? I've seen a lot of people trying to make ghost kills work. Um, Yeah, they're good still. Surprisingly come through. And, of course, you've got the storm surges there as well. Uh, What are you guys seeing being used the most, and how is it working?
3: Eldar, what spiders?
0: Still, Is it still multiple aspect uh, hosts?
3: Uh, well, that's what we've seen a hell of a lot of from inside information going into Cali, which mm. is the most recent event coming up. Yep. But I know in the
5: States.
3: But... I know in the States there's a lot of Korn Demon King. There's a hell of a lot of Gladius over there. Mm. So obviously, they're not using missions where kill points are as important. Mm.
4: If what? you can't kill 30 spiders, you finish going in trouble in most forms
0: in 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 the u k at the moment definitely well, 100%. You can't limit
4: them you can't like do something to restrict them, them yes, exactly um, if they can just jump all over your army then you're going to lose can do and what do
0: you think does that at the moment from from your uh, from your workings out uh, i'd imagine because i'd imagine taking an anti warp spider meta list is the most obvious counter measure for Kali and I'm sure we'll see a few strong ones um, going into that so what do you reckon well you can take
4: you can take armies that are pretty um, unkillable because the good thing is if they take the Eldar warhost they can't take anything else so you're limited there um, so you can take big Death Stars and not be as worried about them but
3: that's just in Cali's weird comp, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just Cali's. So, so how
0: does that work exactly? Is it maximum two sources? or
3: what It depends it? what you're using. It's Tim's version of standard, which is not standard depending where you play. Mm. Uh, so you can have two sources, but if you have some armies, that counts as two sources, whereas others count as one. And he's decided like the ones, like Yudicurean, your war host, they all count as two. So but you can't hasn't... see
0: the lists that we saw with at uh, the AOC where people were taking multiple aspect formations and Imperial Knights, for example. Oh, that
3: can't run. You, you can't take Imperial Knights. You can't take Forge World. At all. Can't take Imperial Knights at all. I think you can have one. Mm. But that counts as one of your sources.
4: Okay. Yeah, it's the one super heavy, I think, that's it. Interesting. I mean, it
0: it seems like at the moment there's no real consistency in the UK as to what people are playing. I know. I mean, there's even some events that are using ITC rules as well over here as well. So, is that something you'd like to see? Some sort of consistency in the in the in the at least army composition, if not rules. uh, Sorry, if not uh, missions.
3: Yeah, I think it's nice having the bit of variation. But what I don't like is when some events are classing one detachment as two detachments or things like Mm. that. Because you can know in general, if you plan a list for two detachments, you're pretty covered for most events. But then when some events change it so your two is actually three, that's quite annoying because you can't really plan one list which will suit any event pack you have to have one list for that event pack one list for that event pack one list for that event pack and you can't get any consistency within your own models and what you're using and what you're playing with I
4: also think it's like kind of not fair because like the Dark Angel thing Gladius thing or the you know, Dark Angel Lion's Blade thing is not as good as the Warhost it's not as good as the Curian, so it kind of well, not even, not even as good as the Space Marine one, so kind of not fair to limit them. Well, I'm
3: not sure what Cali's exactly classing as two, what he's classing as one, because there's not given a list. He's just said these two, et cetera. So you might find like thought,
4: the... any of the... Well, at the
3: Admet War Convocation, I don't know if that's been stated as being does that allowed... count as two
0: or three, or what does it count as?
3: Or... Yeah cuz it's technically one attachment using three sources different sources yeah. which I don't know if Tim's saying no you can't use that or you can use that but it counts as both or yeah it only counts as one
0: cuz that's the thing we we sort of identified really in our end of year roundup there's no there's no real consistency in the design direction either you know you you're, you can say i mean we all use Decurion, and i'm doing air quotes right now Decurion as a type of formation but Decurion is just the name of the Necron specific codex formation and yes there's others that are followed on that are similar and follow a similar pattern but eventually they're divergent and you know as you said War Convocation is definitely not the same as Decurion Um, and I'm sure in other books that are coming out this year, we'll see. Games Workshop like doing that. They like sort of <laughs> throwing us off our norms. You know, oh, you can't, you can't use this. You can't, you know, we when we were dealing with like super heavies, for example, um, they threw in formations of super heavies and units of super Heavies so that you can't just say, oh, we can only take one. Or they, it's like they, they, they kind of uh, they want to throw us off, off our of our nice, comfortable um, framework that we've set up to, to play this game competitively, almost.
3: Yeah, for so many years, we had your standard 2HQ, 3 Elite, 3 Fast, 3 Heavy, 6.2. Yeah. Now it's just, oh, what toys have I got? I can make it work. Or so I it mean, seems.
0: Yeah, it's like the difference between some of the lists we're seeing out there now and Unbound are very... I mean. Uh, uh, the first thing that everyone said as soon as um, 7th edition came out and we had things like Unbound were, oh, well, I can take a whole army of Riptides. Well, you can
4: actually do that now.
0: So, you know, what it's like, what's the difference? Yeah,
4: There's a list that Stu has. It doesn't even have a warlord or anything. It's just, it doesn't, it's just, it's a, it's a bound list, but it's not a warlord. Yeah, it's crazy. It's
0: crazy. And it makes it very difficult. I mean, and that's kind of, I, I respect what the, um, the ITC is doing. Uh, in terms of that like trying to give a community guidelines to play under uh, and it makes sense but you know it's very difficult to do especially as everything's changing and you you, you know you can end up tinkering a bit too much um, and we obviously have our own way of playing here in Europe as well so what uh, are you guys looking to be using um, this year in your next event wherever you're going you know not, not list and points and breakdowns and stuff but like what factions what, what sort of stuff are you toying with at the moment
3: At the moment, I've been messing around with Eldar, even though the ITC has a comp on you warp spiders to have one jump rather than Mm. doing whatever the hell they want like Heldrake's used to.
0: And that's with a view to LVO, I'm assuming.
3: Yeah, for LVO, and then see how it does, see how it goes after that. Uh, After that, I've got my knights still, so they're pretty fun. It's always good when you can roll sixes like a boss. And then I've stopped my crons, stuck up my marine bikes. I'm just going to see what ideas they get after Vegas, really. Because, know, last time I went over to the States, I came back and introduced Dad Lance over here. So
0: I'll see if I can do the same with some other nonsense. And see what you can steal from the Americans and, and make better uh, good Pretty stuff. Much. Ramsey, what are you looking at? Because you're always a, a wizard when it comes to finding new shit. Um, really interested to know what you've been looking at.
4: Uh, I like the summoning stuff. I like anything that gives free stuff. Mm. Problem is, you run out of time in a lot of tournaments. But the I like the I really like that Imperial Guard psycho formation. That's really good. Uh, is but that from the Monkar book? Yeah, whatever it is. The Imperial No, is it the Cadian One? Whatever it is. I don't know, Yeah, I think, I think it's in the Monkar. Yeah, yes,
0: it's Mon- in the Monkar book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So tell us how that works a little bit.
4: So, you just have some battle, psycho battle squads that are normally no one takes because they're really bad, because mm-hmm. they're, they're useless. And you can take, you get a primary psycho as well, and then you, get, you can take the three commissars. And if every, any squad that's got a commissar in it, harnesses warp charge on a two plus. And um, the primary psycho counts as having an extra mastery level. For every unit within 12 of him so he gets you know he's within three units he becomes cool good um generates a lot of dice and then also the commerce kind of helps them with their leadership because they become leadership nine instead and he can just shoot them if they run if they decide to try and run away mm-hmm. she can just shoot one random psyker which it's not too bad and also he stops them when they miscast, he just—I think he just shoots a guy. I can't remember uh, how it works again. But rather, just you know, before uh, it was—it was not it good to have psychers and the commissars. But for some reason, they can you can kind of control them now. So, and you can just take demons and you summon on a two plus, which for like sixty-point squads is just stupid.
3: So you're going to take that with a screamer star and a librarian conclave, and just get to turn three. But fill the board with
4: Demonets. Yeah, if you wanted to. You can summon the hell of a lot with them. You can quite easily summon three squads with, the th- with just with them if you get lucky with, with the Psycho dice. You, you roll, you, let's say you roll three or four dice, you're up to 11 or 12, and you just, yeah, you can just roll four dice. I mean, 12. you've even
0: got enough charge, f- you know, if, if you're within enough units, within the range of enough units, you've got enough charge to start pooping out. You know, greater demons and casting with, um, casting with the uh, zinch chickens if you, if you should so wish as well. You've like, you've actually got the charge to do all kinds of crazy shit.
4: Yeah, you can, um, you can get like, if you want to, if you don't want to it straight away, you can just summon like horrors early on. Mm. And then you kind of have your backup, and then if they, even if you just have like one psyker with a commissar running around, they can start hiding and. He could just, like, possess himself or whatever, mm. some, you know, a herald or something stupid, and then the Commissar can just run away and uh, hide somewhere. It's pretty stupid. It um, sounds
0: really reliable uh, and versatile as well, which is the most important thing.
4: Um, the, le- the least reliable thing about it is that it's so squishy. That It's mm. really easy to, to kill. with the, If you have, like, Barrage, you can just blow the crap out of them before they get to do anything. Mm. Um so they can get telepathy, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. You just no. take a void
3: shield generator and laugh. Oh,
4: yeah, yeah. you can take void shields. Fucking void shield Fucking,
0: generators in every list I see now, as well.
4: You you can hide them relatively well if you have like a, a, a fortification or some sort of mm. tra- um. And I was looking at a stupid list of putting them in a uh, what are they called those massive. Imperial Guard transports—they're quite fun. The one that holds like forty guys. Is that a forge you put... World one? No, no, no the uh... oh, the what's it called? Stormlord.
0: Oh, the super heavy they... tank. Okay. Yeah, because
4: yeah, you can hide them in there, and then you can, they can jump out when they want to. Sign. Oh, because yeah, you can it's... put
0: multiple units in that, of course.
4: Yeah, you can put forty guys in this. So you can. I was hiding like um, command squad, and. Uh, yeah, like like the warlord and other bits in there. If it dies, they like everyone dies inside it. But um, good luck doing that. Which, everyone takes strength ten hit. Mm. Just, just
3: put a wolf star inside it. <laughs>
4: yeah, Wolfstar inside it. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's quite funny, and uh, but it's too many. I think it's too many points. But
3: the
4: mm. the psychers are good thing. Mean, just even just on their own with like a, with something else, um, <laughs> they can back up an army.
0: Well, it's an insanely cheap way of getting reliable summoning, which is pff, always good.
3: Yeah, something's really strong. Uh,
0: we're talking about all of the stuff that we're looking to try out in 2016 in terms of Warhammer 40,000, not sexual tourism, Jesse, before you get any bad ideas. Um, so can you tell us any of the shit that excites you, 40K-wise, that you're looking to take um,
2: a at? No, not really. I'm just going to play Imperial Knights. I just kind of <laughs> take my lumps as it comes.
0: <laughs> Uh Imperial Knights plus what? Or are you just going to run, like, Baronial Court or whatever the fuck
2: Um is? Well, I don't know. I was thinking of doing Imperial Knights plus plus warp spiders, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> you sound incredibly motivated, Jesse. I'm so glad. No, not really, well, not
2: really. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of going to do my thing and see matter? how it Why goes. What's the matter? Why have
0: you lost your smile? What's what's happened?
2: Remember the last 40k uh, event he went to.
0: Well, well, first I probably of remember all... remember it better than he does. But yeah, carry on.
2: First of all, uh, nobody around, nobody really wants to play around me anymore. It's kind of disappointing. Mm. Is that because like, they start orbiting you or No, no, they haven't stopped orbiting me, but they're just not playing.
0: Is are they not playing anything or
2: are they playing They're X-Wing? playing Kings of War?
0: Ugh, why would you do that?
2: Okay. Are you going to LVO? Unfortunately, it looks like I'm going to have to miss it. Okay. How comes? Uh financial issues. Huh? Financials.
0: Oh, okay. All right, cool. No worries. Are you looking at going to like any major events this year?
2: Uh, well, I won't miss Nova because it's in my back door, mm-hmm. or in my backyard. Um, yeah, but Matt will miss Nova because he hates me. Yep. <laughs>
3: but, so yeah, true.
2: That's about it. Um,
3: I might come to Nova for Justin, not for you.
2: Well, you can come for me too. No, we no, can, no, we can do Nova. We can do Nova together, bro. I, I,
3: will, I won't see you if I go. I'll, I'll why, make it my not? live stream. That's my one go, My one job. Just avoid you all weekend. <laughs>
2: but that that sounds terrible and mean. Sounds good to I me. Thought, I thought we were. I thought we were lovers. Yeah, that's why I'm avoiding you. I don't but
0: need Matt... any more Jesse love. You were a hit and run, Jesse. You were a hit and run. Have I've used? And Sorry used. to break it to you. I've had I, my
2: I mean, I'm I'm thinking about heavily considering uh, just bailing on everything to do that, that retarded AOC podcast, GT.
3: And actually play this time.
2: Well, I mean, hold on. <laughs> it depends. Are you guys going to call me out and say I can't drink? Because if you call me out and say I can't drink, then I'm going to have to close every bar in town again and <laughs> and, you know. That we we're, we're gonna and then make love to Donaker kebabs because that that was wonderful at that point in time. And they
0: are you sure you weren't just drowning your sorrows after your day one performance?
2: I was fine after day one. I was quite content. We haven't actually spoke about sorting that
0: out yet, have we? Uh, another another GT?
2: Nah, that's for later in the
3: year.
0: Yeah, we'll let everyone else have their fun for a while. Yes, Mister Ramsey.
4: Just saying that we learned a lot from that, right? And it, but it was really good but there, we could we could probably do a hundred times better now that we've done it once.
0: I thought it was really good. Um, I know everyone had a good awesome. time. Um, I was really happy with the content we got as well. I thought that was awesome. If you haven't seen any of the video coverage that the uh, the guys commentated on for our top table, you need to check that out on uh, YouTube. Loads of videos up there. I think like, is it five? I think five. We got five rounds in anyway. Yeah, so,
3: we missed the first due to... Due to the technical wonderful issues.
0: technical issues in that building. Um, but we live and learn. So, and when we come back, it will be brilliant and you'll be able to watch it live. I'm sure. But yeah, I had a great time to be honest with you. Um, I know, I know Matt kind of felt like it was a bit of a thankless task, which I understand. Um,
2: I
4: died. (laughs) I'd, I'd uh, I'd help run it again. It was good.
2: good. I, I cleaned up after people. You definitely Uh, did. You helped. You helped.
0: we did some great DIY as well to get that set up done. I was really proud of us all.
2: Um, you Hold laughed or, at my first suggestion, and then it yeah, worked. I'm kind, of disu- I'm kind of disappointed that Matt's Matt's way was the correct way because <laughs> it was it was such a dumb idea at the start. I'm like, are you re- you're just a you're being an idiot right now? And then it was like, oh shit, this is how it's gonna. Oh god. Yeah,
3: for for those who don't know, when setting up the room as a joke, I put the
2: like the c-
0: coat the, the coat rack like it was a long wheeled coat rack for a cloakroom um, that sort of went up and over
3: so I put that above the tables which would be table 1 saying look guys, all set up, we just need the camera as a joke we came, moved out of the way, set up all the proper equipment and realised one fatal flaw
0: we couldn't get the camera set up at the right angle so we had to use Matt's wonderful rig uh, which worked perfectly in the end so yeah um, good stuff, Matt. We are problem solvers anyway. But yeah, it was really good fun. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully doing something like again this year. Maybe two, even. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, it was really, really good. So I know we sold out really quickly. It was always like a day and a half, right? Yeah, 36 hours. Yeah, great stuff, great stuff. And apart from a couple of people that were, were morons afterwards, um, everyone said they had a great time. So... Are we talking about Adam again? I don't know who we're talking about, but I know there are a couple of people that were like complaining that it was a competitive event, but... You know, fuck them to be
3: honest oh, with you. Yeah.
4: I wish we had somewhere like Nova though. That would be so good. You could like expand that to do all sorts of shit.
3: Well the issue we had was we sold the sixty tickets straight away. How, How many, many tickets
0: of... were there?
3: There was sixty four
0: Jesus Christ, we sold sixty four tickets. We need well, to like add a was... tenner each to people and then we'll go out and go out and buy ourselves treats afterwards. Yeah,
4: Yeah. (laughs) we're rolling the money, man. Uh,
3: (laughs) One of the issues we had, though, is there was no real reserve list. There was maybe three or four people on the reserve list. Yeah. So it only ended up being 62, whereas you see some events will just go, oh, look, here's 90 tickets, or here's 40 tickets with a 40-player reserve. Mm. Seems a bit crazy.
0: Well, I think, like, we didn't really encourage people to carry on signing up once we sold out, did we? So... It is what it is. I'm sure we could do better. Yeah. But I was really happy with it with what we had. You know, 64 tickets sold in a day and a half is is really good going given uh, the competitive especially, scene in the UK. How small yeah, we are as a country. Like
4: the first event. Yeah. The first yeah. events like obviously no one knows what they're going to get. Or anything, so.
0: Well, I have to I have to give credit to to Matt. Of course, he's built up a, a good reputation with his Warlords events. So you know, people did kind of know what they were going to get. They know who was <laughs> they knew who was running it. Um, knew what to expect, I guess, from previous events of his that they'd gone to. Um, but yeah, it was a new brand exactly. Um,
3: I think that's probably one advantage we did have is we knew the venue, what it could do, what we needed, and had everything rather than trying to start the, completely if from I scratch. Come,
2: if I come back, are you going to abandon me again? Of course. Uh, is, am I going to have to? Am I going to have to pre-arrange with like Blackie and Mark so I could have a good and Joe so I could have a good time?
0: Yeah, we're going to just let the um, the, the Scousers babysit
2: you again. Um, it'll be no, 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 no. God, no, no that, that was, was a that's great <laughs> night. That was a good night. We should do that again. Uh, yes, yes. Let's go out a, with the Scousers Big up again. Leo and, and Gene.
0: No,
3: Love there was there. no Leo because that would have been a completely different kind of night.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: no, but big up Leo and Gene, you know, you're two great guys. It was nice to meet you. Uh, hi,
2: everyone. I got to send, send Carhartts back. Who was that? Hodor and... just turned up. No, no it's, it's... a wild Hodor Andy... has appeared. Andy's <laughs> not allowed to be on here. This is like fun, and fun is strictly prohibited. And it's past his bedtime, isn't it? What the yeah. Right. Are we all done now, then, guys?
0: Yeah, thanks okay. very much, guys. All right. <laughs> Have a good
2: night. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Tell the Queen I said love you. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: Hold on, I'll, I'll be nice and I'll let you answer the questions that I've asked everybody else. Um, Are you actually recording now? We're actually recording yeah. right this second, so welcome to the podcast, Andy Oakham! Hi everyone! Uh, we've asked the guys what they're looking at trying out this year, and we don't mean that in like... Anal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's why we put that in first.
2: I mean, Andy, if you want, I could come over and we could, we could try it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I feel like, you know... He probably, probably wouldn't get between the butt cheeks, to be fair. I know you, neither of you guys are, are able to do that. Hey, but, anyway, hey, but um, there's
2: there's plenty of enhancement toys out there.
0: <laughs> you don't need no enhancement toys, Jesse. Uh, anyway, can you please tell me what you're looking to try out in 40k this year? And please don't say <laughs> anal again, because you'll get thrown out of tournaments.
2: Anal? <sighs> this is why
0: Jesse's not going to LVO. <laughs>
2: uh but if i was i'd be having anal i'm sure you would
0: I'm sure you would cook the uh, hookers and cocaine is uh, a staple diet I of the lvo
2: i'm sure i don't i don't need hookers and lvo if i went mart or matt was going and joe was going you know what matt's in my country now i'm allowed to do what i want i'm he not can't there yet me. i'm not there yet
0: Jesus Christ, guys! Can we get an answer, please? Other than other than buggery, <laughs> right. anything other so than buggery.
6: I, I, I'm going to be trying and working on Space Marines this year.
0: Just play Eldar Tau. Especially if I'm you can take a, Forge World.
6: I, I would, I would be taking Tau if I was just going for 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 like the freebie, uh, uh, easy wins and solar tournaments. But I'm doing this for Six seasons. It's Etc. Practice. But,
2: but. You wouldn't get free wins anyway. It's you, Hodor. If tower, yep.
4: if tower allowed you any amount of formations, they'll win, I think. At the
6: yeah, well, I'd, I'd go pure rip-tide,
0: riptide spam. Well, can't you alpha out those piranhas anyway?
4: You could. They just hide in reserve if you're going to alpha them.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then like they're not reliable to come on. Like You've got no manipulation there. So what
6: you're
4: telling me is we need to steal mm-hmm. the initiative.
0: So then you're losing precious turns of uh, free comes,
3: really. But what,
4: but what alpha's five piranhas that eat, or Four piranhas, whatever they are. Five, sorry. What, how, what alpha's them that easily? Not that hard. They're not that easy to get rid of.
3: With a void shield like, generator.
4: No, I guess with a void shield generator as well. No, well, you, well. Let's say you don't take a void shield. Yeah. But it, most things that are really alpha-y, like jet bikes, you don't really care if you turn up late. Mm. I don't know. Only really jet can alpha them off the table that easily.
3: And even then not very.
4: All you gotta do is hide one. If one can't be seen, it just it just goes by and comes back with four, four more guys next time. Hmm.
0: I guess so. I mean but if obviously if you if you wipe out the unit. Most people are just taking units of two though, aren't they? And then just like boop 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 boop.
6: Mm. Really? It's a two.
0: Depends. Boop, boop.
6: I still think the just when
4: you when you get Alfred with like fucking 50, thirty seeker missiles then <coughs> back up next turn you're like oh fuck this is gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true.
0: So is it literally just was it sixteen piranhas you're running then? That's that? the formation.
4: Yeah. Well, someone people can take that. You can you can take sixteen if you want to, but they cost a hell of a lot of points if you take sixteen. With all the bells and whistles. yeah. I think that there's definitely not... sixteen problems. is not something you can just pick up and run. It's actually it's quite tricky to know because they, they immobilise themselves really easily as well, which is maybe not a bad thing sometimes, but mm. um, it can be a bad thing. And uh, they take up a lot of space. Especially with take. the uh,
0: sensible ruling now that you can't just immobilise them and then get them back for free whilst they're still on the table immobile. <laughs> Which people were doing for like a week? Mm-hmm.
6: What a good week!
0: Yeah, <clears throat> in Europe.
2: <clears throat> Not even in this week, you guys were doing. You guys were doing something wrong. You weren't even in the states. You make fun of us for doing things wrong, and here you no, guys are were just
0: doing just it. They were technically they were doing it right,
2: but you know, technically,
4: technically, just, it was just making shit up. No. But do you notice that all the good rules at the moment are just everything for free? Like piranhas for free, riptides having free shooting phases, demons summoning, everything's just... Transport's for
2: free, warfare's for free. Wait, are you trying to tell me that when you take an army and you take a bunch of free stuff and you get free points, it's good? (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. and free
0: rules, why not? Yay. Three rules on units that are good anyway, exactly.
4: my Riptides can suddenly fire twice. Why would I not take that? And re-roll
0: that roll that lets them be better as well.
2: Yeah. Wait, they get to re-roll their... their... Yeah. So I haven't actually read the Magtav book. You can can re-roll your Nova Charge. You can...
0: As long as they're within within three inches of another Riptide, they can re-roll. Is it three or six? I can't remember. Six. So, Six. Oh, that's even better There you go
2: So if so they're yeah, within the <coughs>
0: So you just take them in units of two Or you can take one of each And just walk them around I guess As well You
4: that get a, you get double shooting You get two shooting faders And if you've never charged You get four times the shots With the SMS for example Yeah if you ripple fire So you get so. 16 SMS shots
3: I'm expecting to see a lot of Eldar war hosts With just five Riptides tagged on Yeah Or like four Riptides Because why
4: not
6: yeah, so good.
4: Other an assassin. Yeah. Always an assassin. Cheeky
6: assassin.
0: Popping out of a uh, escape hatch.
4: And of course, you want some cheeky drones as well, because they're <coughs> ridiculous as well. If you get, Even if like <laughs> have uh, just some riptides, that drone formation is just disgusting. Avoidance.
0: It's really good as well when you take it with the... Um, like if you take that drone, you know, just the drone network as well, which gives all your drones special rules on the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the other drone one, isn't it? The, um... So then you get intercepting infinite drones, which are pretty yeah. cool. And, and you have
4: loads of piranhas with drones. And yeah. Drones. There's free drones everywhere with more drones. And
0: they all get the special rules, and yeah, it's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, it's a lot to keep up with, and I've got no idea what the hell they're going to come up with this just- year.
4: If if you miss a, a month of 40k, you just feel like you haven't played for about 2 years.
0: Yeah, it like I, I can imagine like if you play at a tournament and you haven't played for 2 months, it's just going to it's just going to You remember like when you were a kid and you used to just make up rules as you went along. Like it, it's probably going to seem like that. that. Yeah, some people it, do. It's
4: like it's like AoC, you think that was November. Yeah. Or whatever. And it's like the games completely different. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well we did ask for more regular releases and we definitely got them. So And that's not even taking into account Forgeworld stuff as well, which completely changes the the meta as well. So it's
6: like it doesn't. Eldar's still amazing.
0: Well, they're even more so. so. <laughs> yeah. Forgeworld, go home. So yeah, it's really, I, I can appreciate why people are sort of like just being like fuck this, I can't I can't keep up with this ridiculous <coughs> nonsense.
4: Well I was the biggest proponent of Ford, Ford last year and I just really can't bother anymore. Mm. <laughs> they're so out of date. If the the rules were updated then it'd be fine, but the hype you can the pylons are still the old rules and that was like and they were really old rules last year and now they're even more out of date now. It's just yeah. so the
0: company in general just refuses to like admit when it gets shit wrong, it seems.
4: I think I was I was on like there was obviously stupid rules last year, but now it's just things are just so like even the like latest Imperial armor space Marine stuff is just ridiculously out of date. Mm. It's like nearly two years out of date now. There's <laughs> well, nothing it's, to update
3: it. You say that when we still have Codex is that that out of date? It's true. But still no. I know, yeah. Just and apparently not there's not going to be
0: a Chaos Space Marine book this year as well.
2: There's never Wait, been a right? good one. No, there's not going to be a Chaos Come Space on, Marine on, book this I want year. Good- uh, one could see no, no, I'm.
3: Just, I've given up because I know they're going to say a new book. we am going to go, ooh, new book, and it's going to be horrible. And I'm just going <laughs> like.
6: I heard they're trying to phase out Chaos Space Marines.
3: I heard they're trying to phase out Andy Oakham.
6: I've already been phased out.
0: <clears throat> I think there's going to be a Zinch Demon King book uh, this year, but not a Chaos Space. I've been hearing about that for like
4: ten months now. Yeah,
3: that was just a. Oh my God, Zinch are good. Let's have a Zinch Demon King. That'll be even better.
4: There should be new nids, I think. That's what I heard.
3: Okay. Yeah, new nids, uh, what I initially heard was January, but we'll wait and see on that
4: one. Well, by the time this podcast is released, they might actually be out, we don't know. That's not a dig, Alex, I'm just saying. That's how fast no, tw- no, yeah, yeah
2: no. <laughs> that's tw- that's, that's, absolu- that's absolu- absolutely true. Alex will probably release this tomorrow and new Nick Codex will already be out.
4: Yeah, on the shelves with like fifty new, fifty new shit uh,
3: units. It was released yesterday. It just didn't get announced.
0: Yeah, and there's white dwarf supplement formations as well. So
2: yeah, it'll be it'll be released and then and then right after they release the Tyranids, they'll release Age of Ultramar, and Tyranids <laughs> will no longer exist as an army. <laughs> well, they will do. They'll G-G- be called
4: something else though. They've been fist fucked by uh, what's his name? Fist fucked. Ramsey. <laughs> <Your laughs> is is Marnius Kalgar. Yeah, that's him. That's him. He's he's like he's turned into <laughs> Sigma and he's just like pummeled all them um, those flyrants somehow. He's managed to get up in the sky and beat them all down. That's he's
0: wearing done. two two flyrants like gloves, like sock puppets <laughs> working their <laughs> mouths with his power fists, his gauntlets of Ultramar. Oh dear yeah. me. Yeah,
6: good. <clears throat> fist fucked, Ramsey. Your language
0: I don't know. It's interesting <laughs> times anyway. It's very it, it's definitely it's definitely arduous to keep up with everything. It, it's 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 almost like it's it's not like a thing you can dip in and out of anymore. You know, you can't just dip in and out of the hobby and oh, it's fun and hobby and I'm going to take I'm going to take 6 months to paint up my army and they look really nice. Like in 6 months time you'll you're basically playing
3: you've had a new edition.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the met has moved so far; it's insane. So,
2: yeah, um, guys, we're not—we we haven't actually touched on it. It's a very important thing. Uh, it's almost—it's been what two and a half years. We should be getting a new edition any day now.
4: <sighs> I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if this summer they did something crazy, like just
2: completely redid the rules. You like... mean the Age of Ultramar? Because that's apparently a big rumor floating around. Like that's a thing that's apparently supposed to happen. Nah,
0: I think that's just that's just too obvious and uh, clearly a troll. I, I don't I think they. That's
3: just Nothing would surprise me at the moment.
4: So what are you saying, James? Sorry, I was saying I wouldn't be surprised if they updated the rules this summer. Mm.
0: They seem to be very much into this. Let's just bolt on rules. They they went from we don't want multiple sources for rules to fuck it like have fun finding these rules good luck if you can find them it's like um, it's like a quest to locate the fucking rules for stuff even worse in Forge World Uh, you know people are turning up with printed off PDFs God knows where they're from and if you don't if if you're not into it if you're not on top of everything it's, it's really hard to keep track you know, what's the um, what's the website that's got like all the formations up?
3: Games com.
0: No, they definitely not on there. Um, Dropbox dot com. No, not. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Dom, thank you. Um, no, there's a there's a I can't remember if it's on Blood of Kittens or not. But there's there's a one there's one site that's literally got every formation on there, every formation and detachment. So ah. at least you can see what it is.
3: One thing worth mentioning as Blood of Kittens comes up.
0: Yeah. I, heard,
3: I saw their article recently of Tornet Fire is dead, yay. It's not. No. <laughs> it's basically the basic turnaround said, but the guys who have gone, 40K isn't our main hobby anymore. So rather than being a 40K blog site and hobby site, as well as having the tournament app, they're generalizing to a torrent app
2: battery pack, then.
3: and branching out rather than just being 40K. Mm. So, they're still around. We'll still be using them at events. It's just not going to be the 40K. Good. It's not going to be all the 40K knowledge on the site anymore. And any well,
6: there just wasn't, like, any articles for, like, months, was there?
3: Mm. Yeah, because he's like he's kind of drifted away from it and then turned around and said, right, we're not start on that. We're going to expand. Cause I know he's working on his own board game, like, tabletop game.
0: Ah, uh, see, see. So well, kind of in the things. same way that Bella Los Souls isn't a 40K website now, so... Everyone ends up expanding, don't they, and, and going into different things. Apart from us. We stay true. Exactly.
2: Exactly. But that's exactly what he's doing. He's going more the Bell Lost Souls route and he's expanding his horizons. Uh trying to work out getting um getting squared away for War Machine uh as well to like uh have war machine function properly in the app and all that, so
3: Yeah. So the time app's still gonna be going running events that way. It's just going to be a different site when you actually go on it to look for other information.
0: It was really really useful for the uh, for the AOC event as well so definitely yeah.
3: Yeah. all the events I've used it for like as a player and uh, running events it's been so good it's super useful
0: Right then that's our uh, that's our start of 2016. I'm really looking forward to see where everything goes. Um, obviously it's a different difficult time at the moment. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to keep keeping up with. A lot of stuff going on. It's in a flux. I think that's a that's a fair thing to say, right?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's such a pain for for the podcast in a way because yeah, we get to talk about new stuff, but I mean, a lot of people, I, I'm presuming anyway, at least myself, like to hear armist ideas and uh, interesting combinations of units and stuff like that. And it, by the time we talk about it, release release a podcast, it's all fucking out of date. <laughs>
2: yeah exactly and there's there's, you know it's not like it used to be yes that's very hard um in general for you to even keep up with it like you make a list you can make any list you want it's one reason i'm only playing imperial knights right now uh you can make a list go out there and you make the best list in the world and a week later some random formation completely invalidates it. It's extremely difficult to keep up with the game in general right now. And it's kind of some of the frustration that a lot of the guys over here, even the diehards um, who, you know, like our, our most competitive and our most regular play- season players are running into, like, you know. And it really stops people from saying, screw it, and let's go test something really funky out because – you don't know how bad you're gonna get hard countered by insert something random that just popped up a week ago. And
0: you have to remember so as of- well, like it's it's a lot of as I said earlier, it's a lot of time and effort to get a fucking list ready as well. Like mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of the stuff that you're trying out is enti- Like who owns sixteen piranhas and five hundred fucking drones? Like Stu. Don't uh don't worry Stu well, Stu owns that.
2: Maybe I, I I guess. Guess. Andrew Gagno did he own that already? Or? Stu did. Yes. I, don't, I don't think Gagneau did oh, I,
3: he, he didn't have that many piranhas did he?
2: Ganyo did Ganya was the man that, that loved piranhas so much that when Ovestastar star was, was like the thing he was running Vesta star and piranhas oh, what a badass yes he's like a true baller like he is OG piranha man now he's just going to jump on a bandwagon because piranhas are good but <laughs> you know because he stopped playing them because they weren't good and now it's all of a sudden oh piranhas are good but let my, me go
0: my point my is we're not playing we're not playing hero clicks we're not playing like x-wing I mean x-wing for me is such a fucking clever invention you know for, for dorks you know lazy lazy nerds that don't want to build or paint anything they just want to spend money like let me spend my money and play and it makes sense you know it's a great IP everyone loves fucking Star Wars like uh, I can understand why well, it's taken up oh, everyone's saying love Star Wars um, and I mean, that's clean white. And... No, you're not. Uh, and and it makes sense why it's taken off. Whereas having to build and assemble, paint. I mean, it's not cheap buying the shit as well. And like you said, you know, who wants to sit down, write up a cool list, try it out, like take the risk on spending money on sh- on on a bunch of stuff that's really expensive now as well. And like you said, something can come out and completely invalidate it. Or we could get a we could get a new new edition of the game in two three months time and that shit's not even legal before anymore.
2: podcast releases God,
0: sharp it'll be out this week
2: well not this week it's <laughs> okay sunday and so so we'll, so will warhammer 25th edition
0: <laughs> but it's a it's a big point i can understand why people are getting frustrated with it i can understand i can feel that with you you know if you want to play this game at a competitive level. Like it's difficult to keep up. It's why people are, are are buying stuff from other sources. It's why people are pooling units together and like lending and borrowing stuff. It's why you're seeing a a, uh, a decreasing standard in the quality of models on the table. You know, unless from China, you, unless no, I'm not, No, I'm not. I'm talking about you know the paint painting and that sort of stuff. Obviously, there's always been people that are shit at painting, but like what what um motivation is there to to put effort into painting something when you probably won't use it in two months time do you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. so I, I agree especially if you have to hand paint that shit like if you're oh. if you're airbrushing it then yeah cool you can knock that stuff out pretty quickly and and it'll look yeah. nice enough you know it'll look good um if you get
3: an handy to paint it you won't have it in two months anyway so, <laughs>
0: yeah, just sell for you. so you, any you know body. i can understand why people are, are drifting but You know, hopefully, we we hope like we're we're all fiends. We're addicted to this shit. You know, we we love we love the we love the hobby. I guess we love the IP. We love the social Um, element of as well, right? mm
2: Hmm. Um, But you know, it's one of the it's one of the big like hardest the biggest things that's making it making like me and Cook for instance struggle. We're the only two that have like interest in playing right now. Yeah, because. People, people, a don't like losing to lists like ours in general. They don't like losing to us in general. They feel like we're in our area. They feel like we're paragaming assholes.
5: Yeah. Which
2: you all know me. I'm not an asshole. Yeah, you I mean, I am, but I'm not. But I am, yeah. but I'm not. You're a lovely man. Uh, exactly. My beard's an, an asshole. I'm not. Okay. Uh, but you know, so it was already hard enough, and now people are like, "Well, I can't keep up," and it's like. And you, know, you put something on the table, and they're like, "Well, what's this bullshit?" It's like, "Oh, it's out of this formation." They're like, "Oh, well, you're just picking and choosing, and you know, and it's it's That's hard what the enough." The game is and the
0: game's about picking and choosing. I, That's why they've made I, it like under, that. You no,
2: know. no, no. I I, I understand this. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, it's hard enough now to actually get people to play these games uh, and want to play against us or anything like that. And it's hard enough for us to keep up with stuff. So now we're 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 building an army, and then something stupid happens. It's like, well. You know, you have you have an option. You either spend a thousand dollars traveling to to a major tournament, mm-hmm. um, you know, with round trip flight, eating, drinking, being disappointed with Matt Robertson, mm-hmm. and pray to God that you don't match hey, up with your Friday worst possible <laughs> meet up with your worst possible matchup in round one and round four, mm. uh, or or you. Um, you know, you just you just say screw it. You know, and a lot of people I know they they've actually started playing like Kings of War and everything. Um, not because, not because, but because it's a it's a simplified system, it's a clean system, and most people I know still have Warhammer Fantasy models around because at one point or another they played them, myself included. Um, but you know, people are traveling to other game systems. You you mentioned about Chip uh, earlier. You know, he's developing his own game, not because he he. Not because he dislikes forty K as a as a universe and all that, but because he dislikes how jumbled the game is and how how you know how difficult it is to do anything. You, you you put time and money out only to have you know, to have it be completely screwed. Now, I'm all for the rock, paper, scissors aspect of it, uh of the system. Um, I like that versus, you know, going to Adepticon, end of fifth edition and they're not being a single sisters or a single tier player and half the field being made up of gray knights or space wolves with you know a large outlier of Imperial Guard. You know that's that's a very nice, that's a very nice difference. But you know, it's kind of gone from from it's really nice to holy shit, this is like beginning of seventh edition, it was really good. Right now, it is crazy tough. Yeah.
0: I mean, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. It is difficult. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that um, guys doing the etc missions sort of help mitigate that a little bit, but um, it, it definitely makes it so that you've got more of a possibility to play your way out of situations. But there's still really hard fucking matchups. But then in, I mean, then in, then in. Uh, fifth and sixth edition you had situations where it's like okay if i don't steal the initiative then i i've lost like there's no point me even playing so you had that as well
2: yeah um and then but you know it's nice seeing the Or, well it was nicer seeing like the potential for for difference in armies now you're seeing eldar you'll probably see tal again Mm-hmm. You're always going to see Imperial Knights because they have the potential of simply rolling sixes being unstoppable. Yeah. Um. But like you know, you're only seeing the same armies. The, the edition had a lot of promise, and right now they've kind of gone, they've kind of gone off the rails. And the edition was was in an extremely nice spot because if you remember when they first released, they brought down all the Codex creep. It was like every Codex one after another was very mediocre in in perspective, but if they continue to do that mediocrity, it was like, you're going to have a ton of really good codexes that were able to compete and able to do a lot of really random shit. And then they dropped the Eldar codex.
3: We don't talk about
2: that. They dropped Necrons first. Well, Necrons... They they, they did drop Necrons first, but but Necrons weren't like... Necrons weren't unbelievably far-fetched. Like, look, Necrons had had, like, no time in the spotlight. Like, Necron dropped, and it was like, okay, Necrons are pretty good. And then it was like, oh, wait, here's Eldar. And it was like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. They really missed the mark. Like, Grey Knights, Dark Eldar, they, you know, they were like, okay, these are these are all space wolves, even. These are all mediocre. But they, you know, they, 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 they medioc- mediocrity as a, as a group, they might be pretty decent. And then it was just like nope, nope, never
0: mind. Mm. And then you got Eldar. You got um, well, basically War Convocation out of the the Ad selection. You got basically Gladius, and yeah, it kind of it kind of made. It, and it, in the middle of that, you had the fucking Blood Angels book in there. That's you know that had like a like two weeks of you using it, and then that was about it.
2: Um. I was so excited for that book, and then it was like, "Well, Grav's a thing," and so Sanguinary Guard aren't. Mm. Well, everybody else is a thing. Oh wait, look, here's Eldar. uh Okay, I won't. I won't. I won't waste my time anymore.
0: Well, it's like Sanguinary Guard are not entirely invalidated by Grav, but they are to the point at which I mean, they just can't. They can't match up to. Even like the high rate of fire stuff as well that you know you're getting out of the Eldar book and everything mm-hmm. else. Is, it, the Blood Angels book is exactly where all the other stuff was—that level of mediocrity. Um, and it was when you started plugging in all this free shit, free rules, formations that take good stuff and make it even better, um, like the the, the fucking Walk Spiders um, <clears throat> and the Riptides that we have now as well. You know, we went from "Ha ha, Riptides!" They were fun. Goodbye, they can go and gather dust on the shelves. To "Holy fuck, let me go and buy another three Riptides" because they're awesome.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, all of a sudden they saw people, they saw people not buying Riptides anymore. They went, "Well, shit, we need to fix this real quick." Because you know we sold so many Riptides. How do we fix it? Well, let's just let them shoot twice. And uh, I don't actually think they even give them all Earthcast. I'll be honest with you. Give them all Earthcast pilot.
0: I don't think they do that. I don't think they know how to do that. If they did, then Dark Angels flyers would be good. Tau flyers would be good. Um, any Space Marine tanks would be good. You know, like they. I don't think they know how to do that stuff. I think it's like well, by see, they accident. don't
2: have. They don't have to uh, worry about. Which is about why, it for... which is why
0: that shit can come out at any time. Like a formation can appear at any time and just out of the green, change everything and it'll fuck everything up for you if you if you get hard countered by it so it's kind of weird situation um if you if you if you really want to immerse yourself in it and sort of like live it then i guess it's really exciting and fun like there's always new shit appearing that you can play you know math hammer theory hammer with and work it into your list and then if you like working out counters then you know shit (laughs) there's always stuff popping up
3: the issue with that though, Alex, is getting enough time to play exactly. it and know and everything. It's just you can look at it and read as much as you want, because everyone gets time, half an hour a day. I'll have a read of that book. I'll read online somewhere, see what people think. But to sit and play it enough to really know is difficult.
4: Hmm. Not to be even I'd be even more of a downer, but I know as uh, in this local club that I go to sometimes it's just you just see, like, new guys, like, 16-year-olds, 15-year-olds, and they're just, like, they do not want to play 40k competitively because they just can't be asked. You just they hear all the, the stories from people who have gone across to play and in tournaments here, and it's just, they can't keep up with the rules, so they can have, like, one bad experience and they just never go back again.
0: It's a really high fucking um, entry window, like, really high, and it's not... It's not easy enough. There's not, there's not like a tier as well. I mean, say if you want to, if you want to get into like League of Legends or Dota, for example, which like most of these kids are playing now. If you want to get into those games, um, you you're at least playing a ladder system. There's stuff online that you can read and, and watch and learn how to play and improve. Like there aren't those resources there for 40k, and there's not really that much of a of a ladder system either. It's like you go to a tournament and you're gonna get bent over, and that's not fun at all it's like if you if you started playing league of legends and you went and started playing professional players straight away you're going to quit why why would you carry on playing it's not fun getting getting your ass handed to you every time um it's not fun having to learn how to play you know <coughs> all these different heroes and champions in 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 those games and it's the same thing here it's not it's not actually it's not it's not a fun experience for new people getting into the game like they they're missing out on a lot of that so and again, I go back to to solutions that other people are coming up with. You know, the, the, you know, uh, we mentioned on the last the last episode about you know that whole bringing hobby back aspect to that. I, I think that's good for a certain level of player. You know, get them into the game first before you, you know, spread their cheeks and show them what it's really about. Uh, it's hard. I I, I I don't I don't play blame people giving up on it. I, I really don't blame people giving up on it because it's a fucking big investment time, money, effort, all of that stuff.
4: I, I understand. Yeah. Well everyone's playing uh X-Wing here because
3: it's easy on a, on to a get a lot of out There's still a lot of fun to be had in the in the game. it the really
0: community. is. There really is. I mean, that's what keep that that's what keeps most of us involved, right? The community, the social aspect.
2: Yeah, that's um that's exactly it for me, because frankly, it's it's not it's not playing anymore because well, I'm not getting any of that done. You know, even even my closest friends who have always been diehard warhammer guys, who have always played with they're not playing they don't want to be bothered they don't like they don't like the the aspect of being stuck with everything and all that um so they're not they're not actually playing right now they're playing kings of war and everything but you know I am still interested because I get to go and I get to hang out with you guys and I get to hang out with with you know all the guys around the, the states here you know and it, it makes it all worthwhile That's that's why I'm still playing you now, and it's one of the few things I'm actually good at. Really? Well, that, that, <laughs> that 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 masturbation, I'm fucking, I am <laughs> ace at that.
6: Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the video.
2: Uh, am I allowed to say that on this podcast, Alex? Uh
6: yeah. I'm also good at buggering.
0: I, I hope he's gonna cut that
2: out. <laughs> I hope he's not.
0: Ah. Uh, I hope we're not all good. We got Cali though, so we'll see how we feel after right. Cali. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. LVL that's actually one of the
2: yeah. Tournament, big tournaments always reinvigorate me. Absolutely. um Like I was super, I was super pumped after AOC, and I came back and everybody was like, <laughs> "I want to play that shit." And I went, "Uh, okay."
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were sitting in restaurants at like fucking, you know, midnight uh-huh. writing lists out and yeah. stuff after AOC closing
2: cool. closing. Close a Pizza Hut, and we're in there like <laughs> 25 minutes after. You know the closest thing you guys have to American Freedom Pizza Hut. Yeah,
3: but that Philly and... Cheesesteak pizza was so good. Oh my
2: god! <laughs> Shut the hell up! Stop speaking Philly to me. Philly Cheesesteak really pizza was. in
0: the it middle was. of Warrington. Oh, dear. it really was. Jesse was so offended.
2: <laughs> Philly I was. He was like, "He's like, oh, well, it was like when we went to that. We went to that one bar, and there was a Philly Cheesesteak on the menu, and you guys wanted me to order it." And they wouldn't let me cook it, so I wouldn't order it. (laughs) (laughs) They wouldn't let me in their kitchen to do it properly. But yeah, I think
0: that's a really, really good point. You know, like when you get back involved and you're around, it's all about being involved in events and and the community aspect. And, you know, when you have a reason to put that time and effort in and to – to get that brain working and thinking about ways that you can come back and, and beat that guy that used that cheap shit on you or, or whatever, whatever the motivation is. I definitely think that happens. So it's not just all doom and gloom and a downer. And as I said, we're getting back into the tournament swing of things now as well. We've got Cali coming up. LVO's on the horizon. We're going to be covering that. And for me, it's really interesting to see what happens. Hopefully something does pop up and, and the, the wheel of meta continues
2: to spin. And yeah. I mean, they're clearly... Go ahead. I'm not. I was no. gonna stay. I was gonna stay in in country until Cali and live with Matt, but he told me I wasn't allowed. <laughs> like that. I was literally told to do that, and I was totally on board. And he was like, "No, you can't do that. I I don't want to be bothered with you." And I went, "Oh, okay." he came and lived here. I got a spare bedroom. See, tried, Matt did to Imagine it. tell bothered. me that the
4: weather's been absolutely fucking atrocious there. So you might have never I made did. it. You
2: might have been washed uh, into the sea. Yeah, I would. Have, I would have I swam. I would have joined my family beluga whales to make me traverse the currents. <laughs> it's a long way. I don't know if you'd make it. Well, I have I beluga beluga
4: whales. Will get me there. Dude, we got we got tiger sharks. Oh man. You don't want to.
3: he would swim inside the stomach of one.
4: <laughs> Punch his way out. <laughs> they eat his way out, of us <laughs>
2: Uh but yeah no. So I like I said, I was gonna I was gonna hang out for that, but that just didn't happen. I blame I blame Robertson. Especially since I was an illegal immigrant in the first place.
3: You were.
0: I'm gonna call it there guys. I think that's been yeah, a good chat. We've yeah. gone as far in as we can, um, and then we'll come back and reconvene after Cali. Um, well, Matt's recorded the one, a couple of bits and pieces as well sorry go the ahead one
2: point I did, the one point I did want to point out is it's definitely not all doom and gloom the yes. LVO guys are doing no the LVO guys are definitely doing something right they sold out 260 no, no, no. something
3: they added another 100 they,
2: uh, they sold out 260 something tickets in under a week and they added an extra 100 players yeah. to, to the spot so they're definitely, which I believe is also sold out so they're definitely That's, doing something right so those guys are doing well, but also they are in Vegas.
4: They're yeah. Kind of, if it was sorry.
3: somewhere else, not Vegas, I probably wouldn't be going. I'll be totally honest about that. I would have never been
4: instead. Yeah, the Warrington Open. It doesn't, it doesn't well, it's the
0: game. same as it is like with me and fighting games. I I go to Evo in Vegas every year, and they get like ten thousand people there. Um, <clears throat> but you go to any other major video game fighting game event, and pff, they, it's not even close to that at all. So you, I, I guess that's that's fair. Um, but they do run a good event. There is a yeah. lot of... I mean, growth. they are
2: still selling out their BAO and all that. Yeah, exactly.
0: Whatever you, you know. want to say about the ITC rulings, having some sort of um, rules and, and, and order in place, some sort of framework for people to, to at least work around is definitely helping people remain in the hobby and remain in the competitive scene, whatever you want to say about, about yep. what the contents are.
3: Well, it's like we were saying before, Alex, it'd be nice to have some consistency, even if it's not hundred percent.
6: Yeah. You're yeah. on the same page at least. Absolutely. I mean, the good thing about the frontline guys is that they, they're constantly shooting up podcasts, videos of things. Yeah. Um, they've got a blog that's going all the time. So they're helping keep people who follow them on top of the game, which is quite cool. Um, as best they can so when they do release an event people that are following them because they got, must have hundreds of people reading their shit um, are like yeah okay well I know these guys know what they're talking about mm-hmm. so their event's going to be pretty decent so fuck it I'll go plus yeah
0: it's in Vegas they've put the work in you know they they, they put the work in creating content what, but they're also putting the work yep. in staying up to date with what's going on one well. of the
2: one of the best things about it is their their format is up to date all the time and uh you know exactly what you 're going to get yourself into and what to expect, yeah yeah, you know? so that's that's a big thing outside of you know you're able to you're able to game plan a lot a lot better, and just have to go, okay, well, what new content is out? what do I have to figure out here um because otherwise you you know you know what the format's going to hold, you know how armies are going to function, and all that, so that 's the big thing there, you know like you you go in and it 's like okay, I have I have my list. Well, I know my list is going to function well against all this. Well, what new stuff is coming out? Okay, how do I deal with that?
0: And you know that you can take your list at all of their events as well. Exactly. Is, is That's good. another it's huge... Like, thing. Yep. It's not like you, I've come up with this go. really cool idea mm-hmm. for a list. Oh, I can't take it there because, as you know, as Matt pointed out earlier, oh, well, this counts as two sources there, where it counts as one in this, and they're yep. only playing three sources, and these are playing two, and uh, pff, I, I can take Forge World here, but I can't take Forge World there. All, all that all that stuff. And when you have some sort of
2: semblance, continuity,
0: of, exactly continuity, you're right. It, it allows you to at least put that effort into getting an arm. Um,
2: so. I think, I think honestly, the best thing for my country, uh, and our freedom 40 K <laughs> is if, uh, frankly, we, all the major tournaments adopted one system. And, and, you know, as much as the big guys like to all do their own thing, adapt con, uh, and um nova stuff like that it's like you know clearly clearly for big events and all that lvo is doing the right thing and it only strengthens the community if basically every event was using the same source or the same uh material because you know at that point it allows you to develop a meta yeah um whereas right now you know like you said we we went over we went over to AOC and the first thing that popped up was a was an Eldar Warp Spiders question and then we found out that um uh we found out that Matt and them were allowing you know characters to join to join oh, uh, the, the altark Skyhammer yeah. yeah well the altar in there but then we found out that like their your guys' interpretation was like all of a sudden like okay characters can join Skyhammer it was oh, like yeah, well yeah. shit no 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 other format allows you to do that, and immediately we went and you know, you worked out a list for that.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I'd say there, Jesse, with like the big events in the states, I think it's pretty good that you've got your three big events with your three different formats. Whereas, you have you all your local ones that follow off that? So, if you're a West Coast guy, you know, all the little events you're going to go to a ITC, but, but if you're but going to say Nova, you plan for it. That, that's not like the case that, rather most than having of the all local... your main ones the same because you have enough time most... to plan for your big ones.
2: No, but most of the local events are, that's the thing, most of the local events are ITC because ITC uh, advertises your local events for you for free. They do it in their podcasts and everything. <laughs> so most of the local tournaments are running ITC format and they're, they're ITC events.
3: No, I'm just saying, like with your bigger events, it's nice to have them different because you can. If you say I'm going to these three a year, I can plan something different two months in advance of that one, because you're doing it well in advance.
2: No, no. See, that's that's a huge that's a huge thing because like you have Nova, you can because Nova releases ahead of schedule. But like Adapticon is a giant quagmire. You don't know the missions you're playing. Uh, you but, don't. Yeah, you know
3: they- obviously, events have to have here's our pack in advance of those. It just doesn't work but like if they're not going to but the, the, difference channel, is, the difference is the
2: difference is Nova's doing their thing and people are like very meh you know Nova's not getting the numbers Adepticon's not getting the numbers Adepticon was the largest 40k event in in the world and it's just like meh when is Adepticon Chicago no, Chicago When? when oh, uh, first April, uh, first weekend of April. The tickets on sale now, yeah. Yeah, tickets are on sale. Um, you know, Adapta or I believe they're on sale. AdaptaCon used to be the event where yeah. their website was crashed and completely sold out in I remember that in Five minutes. Thirty yeah, in thirty seconds and if you weren't on their console refresh and deal with it, last year they didn't sell out their forty K their forty K GT. They'll sell out their team event because that's fun. And they went from being the largest forty K event in con in the country and possibly in the world for forty for tabletop games to the largest Con, that's really all they really have going for them.
6: Wow. I do what watch like this year? So you take you're not going, obviously.
2: Um, if I, since I am, looks like I'm going to have to miss LVO, I might actually head out to Adepticon. But honestly, you know what happens? If I head out to Adepticon, there's an 80% chance I'm going to go out and I'm going to play something like Kings of War or Flames of War. Hmm. Yeah. Right?
0: Well, you can probably play that after you play your 40k rounds because they take 20 minutes anyway, right?
2: Uh, I could, I could play them in between. You're right, I could. But like last year, Adapticon was unlimited sources. Uh, all sources were zero to one unique. So GG Imperials it made Imperials like have a great have a great boon. And then, no, granted, Nanavati won, but that's because he's a fucking drunken idiot and nobody understands. Is um, he still
6: playing? Is Nanavati still? all yeah. about.
2: Yeah, he's still
0: pleased. Uh, so that was uh, plenty enough. Thank you very much for that. We got kind of uh, off track, but it's always enjoyable when we go off track. Musings on how things are, positive and negative. We keep it real for you here. Uh, we've got some more stuff to look forward to on this episode, though. Uh, Matt has been busy recording, so what stuff have you got for us, Matt?
3: Uh, part one of the LVO prep is a Butchers of Bakersfield event over, uh, in West Coast of the States, which is a 50-player one-day event so we've got an interview with the winner and another player from that coming up
0: Awesome Hey guys, uh, if you listen to the podcast regularly you'll hear me introduce every episode um, by stating that we are an international competitive Yama 40,000 podcast and that means that we definitely need to make sure we're on top of uh, the events that are going on around the world Uh, Today I am speaking to Troy Graber who is uh, responsible for the Flying Monkey GT which is happening in Wichita, Kansas Uh, It's uh, on April the 15th to 17th, which I believe is tax weekend for you fellows. Um, So obviously, if you don't want to do that, throw your tea in the water and uh, revolt. You're good at that stuff. Um, But the format of your event, do you want to tell us a little bit about that for the people that are interested?
1: We're doing 1850 ITC format, 1850 points. Uh, It'll be a six-round tournament. With uh, with a champion, uh, we're going to live stream the top tables on Twitch. Uh, standard ITC uh, list building criteria, standard ITC missions.
0: Great stuff. Uh, tickets are available still, I believe.
1: Yep, tickets uh, tickets go on sale on January nineteenth. Uh, okay, uh, couple days and. Uh, they will be on sale uh, up until they sell out. Uh, we should have a, a good amount of tickets. This is our our first year, and we're really excited about it. Uh, space. We have a, a excellent amount of space. We're taking advantage of our local convention center called Century Two in Wichita, and it's the big time convention center for this city. And uh, we have the upper floors of that, and have actually a a tremendous amount of space and. So uh, we, we should have good room for people if they want to come. So you said this is your first event. Uh, what's the scene like there in Wichita? Uh, we, we have some excellent game stores in Wichita that have communities built up around another game, uh, number of games. And one thing I might mention, too, in addition to Warhammer 40,000, we're doing X-Wing, Blood Bowl, War Machine Hordes, Malifaux, we have a beer hammer tournament. We're doing hobby awards. We have a night joust. That the night joust is uh, straight uh, stolen from LVO, but uh, if it works for them, we're going to give it a shot. Uh, and uh, and we have a, a good group of all of those games uh, going on in Wichita. A pretty diverse meta. Uh, one thing that's uh, true about Wichita, though, is we have. We are the center hub for a large area of of basically underserved uh, gaming in that uh, uh, Bug Eater GT in Omaha, Nebraska, which is 250 miles away, uh, has regularly claimed to be the only uh, 40K GT within 400 miles. And up until these last couple years, they've been right about that. And it's so exciting to uh, be able to offer a quality GT to the people of this area without having to tra- travel eight-plus hours. It sounds like a pretty big undertaking. There's a lot of uh, games being represented
0: there, but you said you have got the space for it, and you're in the biggest convention center in the area, so that's, that's great.
1: Um, what exactly is your role uh, in the event? I'm the uh, head TO for 40K. I'm a 40K guy. That's what I know. That's what I love. Uh, I, I don't have anything against other game systems, but I'm not actively involved in them very mm-hmm. much. We have uh, separate TOs for each game system, and I'm just kind of coordinating the whole thing, uh, making sure that, that the space is in order and, and making sure everything gets done. So, uh, I would expect that 40K is probably going to be the, the largest component of this uh, of this GT, and uh we we are welcoming to the other game systems and i would absolutely be thrilled to be proved wrong on that but uh i believe 40k will be the largest component and so i took over as the as the overall event coordinator
0: is there like a council of you guys sort of all coming together to run the event like uh how did you how did you guys all come together to to come up with the idea of even doing this because it sounds like like a really massive undertaking for for the first event, and you know, all credit to you guys for for taking that on.
1: Yeah, uh, I uh, I started playing 40k uh, about two years ago. Now it hasn't been actually okay. all that long, and immediately when I started playing, I was looking for a local tournament scene, and that was absent from the local community, and so we started developing one uh... with my help and uh... and the help of several other people and we developed into a regular monthly RTT uh... and throughout all that time i was looking towards a uh, gt i i like attending large gt's i i was at lvo i've been at iron halo i've been at texas uh... uh war games con i've been uh, around a number of large gt's and i wanted to offer that sort of experience to the people of my region that maybe are intimidated to attend a larger GT and I also want uh, people everywhere to recognize Wichita Kansas has a thriving hobby community and this is a great opportunity for people playing in the ITC to come in we will have a decently sized event and a lot of these people are playing in their first GT so it'll be a really exciting event with a lot, of, uh, a lot of opportunity for people to do well. Definitely. It sounds
0: like a really great, great opportunity for anyone in the Kansas area that wants to try out uh, a competitive event for whatever game system. I know there's probably people that play multiple games that listen to the podcast. I'm sure we're, you know, we might have some people that might want to try out something else there. And it's good to know that you offer those options. Um, so you've gone for the ITC format, which at the
1: moment is the predominant format in the United States. Uh, it's certainly predominant in the region I'm in. Uh, ITC does a wonderful job of promoting our event with us, uh, which in our first year is desperately needed. And they have a solid format with a solid group of players. And uh, being able to be ranked uh, nationally for Warhammer 40,000 is something that, uh, that really appeals to a lot of people. And it's really added a certain amount of dynamism to the tournament scene in in America, and I'm just thrilled that ITC uh, continues to expand. And I recognize that we don't have to run their format. Uh, to be a part of ITC, but uh, we're choosing to run it this first year because that's what uh, we think people are most accustomed to that might be interested in. Well, have you
0: seen much um, response from that? Obviously, I know the tickets haven't gone on sale, but you've announced that you're you're using the ITC format. So have you seen much response from the community or players from a wider area uh, responding to your decision to use the ITC format and the rules?
1: ITC has its fans and its detractors, and uh, I'm certainly aware of that. Uh, nothing would please me more than for our our event to absolutely fill up and to have room to run uh, multiple formats at our event. Uh, since it's our first year, we're not being overly ambitious and just running one uh, grand tournament, but, uh, but ITC is most likely the the format of choice for the sort of people that might attend, it, it's the one that, that people are most likely to be familiar with, which makes them most comfortable attending a new event because you know what you're going to get when it comes to mm. missions mm. and FAQ.
0: I, I'm definitely, that, that sentiment is definitely repeated. You know, the players right now in 40K, they just want some sort of stability some semblance of um standardization that they can plan for um, we were talking about it on the podcast recently about the, the difficulties in in planning and putting together you know tournament lists it's not I, I know you've been doing some painting just whilst you're waiting for us to record there you know it doesn't things don't paint themselves unfortunately <laughs> so you've got to put hours into assembling and painting these models um the possibility that you can't use your list at another event is obviously a very real one, so having a uh, having a, a standardized format is is really really helpful and uh, i t c definitely offers that what um i mean you, you've told us a little bit about the uh, the games that are available the tournaments in there and i'm really really excited about about the beer hammer and the uh, night joust they sound like a complete hoot um, but is there any more sort of social aspects that you've got planned for the uh, for
1: the event? What do you guys like in, in Wichita? Well, Wichita is the uh, cultural hub of Central Kansas, and people travel to Wichita to experience our culture, uh, what it may be. Uh, we have a, a uh, entertainment district known as uh, Old Town uh, with a lot of fine <coughs> establishments. Our hotel. Uh, associated with us through the convention center, the Hyatt Regency in downtown Wichita, nice. has free shuttle service to and from uh, the, uh, the entertainment district, which I, I encourage all of, our, uh, all of our attendees to participate in the free shuttle service so that uh, no one's on the road unsafely. Definitely. That sounds, that sounds like a lifesaver for a lot of the guys, you know, dice down and, and beer mugs up. Um, there's a lot of uh, good attractions to the Wichita area for people that maybe haven't uh, ever been through uh, To uh, we have an excellent zoo we have the sort of things that could entertain a family very well we okay. have a uh, children's museum we have a uh, cosmosphere up the road in Hutchison that is outstanding and we have uh, a lot of opportunities if someone wanted to bring their family along their family would have Ample things to do, and the Hyatt Regency, our our partner hotel, uh, is more than willing to uh, to set people up with anything they might want. What are the uh, transport links there for for Wichita? Where are people flying in? Do you have like good uh, Wichita Mid Continent Airport? Uh, We have a. We are also, in addition to being the cultural hub of Central Kansas, we happen to have the the primary airport in the area. So. It's uh, the location of the airport. Our, I believe our hotel has free shuttles to and from the airport. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. And the airport is right right in our city and, and not too far from the hotel.
0: Great stuff. Well, it definitely sounds like it's uh, it's worth, uh, worth a punt for people trying out if they're looking for a, a new tournament to
1: get to. Um, yeah, and also I know a lot of people uh, in the area maybe – like to attend GTs but the the cost adds up. Uh for instance last yeah. year I went to Las Vegas Open. I would love to go back to LVO. Uh this year I'm going to Adeptcon. The the cost of traveling so far for me, uh I I can't afford to do both in one year. Uh I'm hoping that people in the region that maybe do travel to these uh high-end excellent events uh might might uh might relish the opportunity to travel a little bit less and stay a little bit cheaper and uh, and Yeah, definitely. The... And hopefully you get
0: uh, a, a similar level of uh, competition, um, obviously, because I mean, the LVO is right now the most popular uh, event in the world when it comes to Warhammer 40,000 tournaments. And that's indisputable now. Over 300, you know, all power to them. Uh, but as it, you said it's it,
1: really exciting we're sending a uh, a group of guys from our from our local team uh, are are going to LVO and are really excited to see what it's like i'm i'm super excited that a few of the people that didn't go with us last year that that haven't been to uh, a super large event of that scale are are taking this opportunity to go and see it and las vegas is such a destination that that people are thrilled uh, to go to a GT there, we don't have quite uh, the uh, quite the culture of Las Vegas, uh, <laughs> but we are we do have some, and uh, we we uh, we hope everyone would be comfortable and interested in coming to Witch. I
0: think I think war gamers are not the most. Um, how should I put this? Uh, their needs are pretty straightforward, right? Uh, when it comes to entertainment, you know, it's it's nice to have a lot of other options, but. As long as you've got good drinking and good eating um, and good company, that's the most important thing. Um, So, yeah, hopefully for some of the players that are attending maybe one of the larger events, they might be able to squeeze the budget in to attend yours. Um, That that would be cool. I mean, I'm assuming due to the size of this undertaking, this is something that you're looking to
1: maintain and and really uh, make a yearly thing uh... it it would please me a lot it's it's an awful lot of work and i would love to take a a uh, second chair to it in future years uh... uh... i would like to see it continue i'm hoping that that ticket sales are are enough that we might be able to save way enough to pay for the the hotel convention space deposit this year this year it's come out of my own pocket uh, wow. and i i hope that our event has enough positive buzz, enough good experiences that people might want to come back. Uh, So do you have like an allocation with the Hyatt Regency? Do you need like discounts and that sort of stuff? Uh, Yeah. Uh, If people go through our website, flyingmonkeygt.com, we will link you straight to the Hyatt Regency, and they will sell you a hotel room at a reduced price. Brilliant stuff. And they go on sale on the 19th? Uh, I I believe it's the 19th. It's Saturday. So that is... That is the 16th. 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 so You might even miss out
0: if you wait till the 19th. So they go on sale on the 16th, which should be tomorrow when this comes out. Um, Excellent. So, uh, yeah, when this comes out, it should be coming out Friday the 15th. Fingers crossed. So Saturday, tickets will be on sale. Uh, Hopefully you guys do really well with it. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about um, your experience with 40K at the moment as well, because I always like to get to know uh, the people that, that we 're dealing with everyone likes to know their tos and uh, and that sort of stuff i know you you said you got into a competitive 40k two years ago um, how did you get into the hobby again i 'm assuming
1: you 're not new to it new to it uh, I am new to it new brand to new it. okay interesting uh, I started two years ago i'm so I used to i 'm so used
0: to people that um, you know rediscovered it after their childhood so i 'm really interested to, to to hear your story please go ahead
1: no, I I was aware of it maybe, uh, in college, but and uh, I would watch people play from time to time. But for the most part, this is brand new for me. I had been playing board games at a at a pre competitive level. I liked very complicated board games, a la Axis and Allies, and I had a solid board gaming group. Uh, and it basically through life and people moving and getting kids and. Assortment of reasons my my group fell apart, and I was looking for a, a new hobby a new a new gaming interest and I found the videos of mini dot com online okay and that uh that got me convinced that uh perhaps Warhammer forty thousand or perhaps uh blood bowl were things for uh were things for me also uh Malifaux was very interesting at that time. And when I showed up at the local game store, it seemed like Warhammer forty thousand was a was a game that uh, worked very well, so I started playing 40 k
0: Well, hopefully next year you'll be able to uh, add blood bowl to the uh to the yeah, I, with specialist I games. You I must be exciting
1: a, about that yeah we we have actually a, a an interestingly uh an interestingly robust blood bowl group locally. And Blood Bowl is is a really really exciting game. I've only played. I will be honest. I've only played two to three games of Blood Bowl in person. I enjoy the video game, but uh, but we do have Blood Bowl events in the area long after, long after GW discontinued it. It's been Bowl has been a really amazing,
0: interesting situation because I remember um, I played. I played on Fumble, which was the Java client. I, you know, Blood Bowl was was probably the first Games Workshop game that I saw the community really put that sort of time into to keeping alive after Games Workshop, sort of disregarded it as a specialist game. And there's been so many different versions, like the Living Rulebook, which is updated regularly. Subsequently, you've had the video games, which were you know pretty popular, and now we're looking forward to... Uh, So hopefully a a re-release. We've seen a couple of miniatures uh, uh, put up as well, um, which are floating around on the internet. So hopefully we'll have a a Blood Bowl release this year. Um, But that's definitely a really great game and and hopefully that that takes off as well. Um, Really fun, strategic game, Blood Bowl. 40K is in a bit of a flux at the moment for us in in general. Um, We're not playing ITC though, of course, uh, over here in the UK. Uh, What's it like for you guys? You know, yourself personally then, but also... A lot of people in your immediate gaming group and community.
1: So we have a very diverse gaming group here in Wichita. We have uh, very intense gamers like me. Uh, we have competitive gamers. We have fluff bunnies. We have people, uh, hobbyists. We we run the spectrum. And we've, like all communities, our Warhammer 40K community is in, in flux. And constantly uh, people are... Uh, Uh, move away or find different game systems we lost one of our one of our high-end competitive players just recently he moved and so we we have a diverse group we always have campaigns going we always have tournaments going Uh, I run the local RTT's we do every month we do a different format and we change up and we do it interesting sometimes they're more competitive oriented sometimes they're a little bit more fluffy
0: and I know um, you've told us that you're an Orcs and a Tyranids player yourself. Absolutely. Um, how's that going for you at the moment?
1: Playing Orcs and Tyranids is really fun. It, it gives me a challenge. I I uh, The idea of playing one of the more powerful armies is a little bit distasteful to me. Uh, I don't want to play 40k on easy mode. I want to have to work and and prove my... Uh, prove my bona fides when I actually do beat someone. Uh, last year at, at LVO, I ended up playing Eldar four different times. Uh, actually, <laughs> Sounds four about times right. in a row, and uh, I I dropped two of those games thanks to the Lynx blowing up my Barbieritable, but uh, but uh, I did I did kill a lot of Farseers, and uh, and uh, I. I never want to be one of the guys that's part of the uh, uh, that's chasing the meta. Exactly. Like I'd, I, I'm sticking with orcs and Tyranids. I have dreams of running a squat army someday. Probably not competitively, unless things change around for those poor squats. But, uh, but you just reset the clock there. By the way, I um, don't know if you know what
0: that means. It's a, it's a running meme online. Every time anyone mentions the squats, you reset the clock. <clears throat> on, uh, on the counter of, of, of when they're, uh, when they're going to be, uh,
1: brought back. So unfortunately <laughs> you, you've just increased everyone's wait time for that. Um, uh, you know, the way, the way I look at it, uh, sometimes GW, uh, develops rule sets and sometimes they drop rule sets and we see from Blood Bowl, uh, that, uh, that the community will respond and we've seen from, uh, from 40k ITC is doing an excellent job, and other groups like your ETC are doing an ex- excellent job filling in for the competitive side of Warhammer 40,000 that GW isn't interested in catering to. Hmm. And uh, I, I'm for at least the local fluffy fun games. I, I probably can uh, do something similar with Scots. And if I do decide to try and run squats competitively, they'll just be counts as ad or something like that.
0: Oh, that's a really good idea. Um, i do not really thought of that. Obviously, we've seen. I've seen all types of stuff run as squats previously. I've seen Thousand Sun Marines when they used to have slow and purposeful. I've seen Imperial Guard. I think I've seen Orcs used as squats previously before as well with. Um, oh uh, god what's the name of the squat terminator version things the Exosuits. The exosuits, yeah it's run as mega knobs um so yep. all kinds of uh, crazy things but yeah admec kind of makes sense they kind of gave everyone the squat weapons as well didn't they um
1: yeah the squats the squats are uh it, it's interesting the the fluff on squats i don't want to delve too much into it and reveal my my deep deep ignorance on it that uh but it is interesting. There are hints that they're still alive and part of the Tau Empire and in a new form. And it's interesting to me.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've, they've, they've given us a little bit of a glimpse. And there's a couple of uh, Demiurge ships for the now defunct um, Battlefleet Gothic as well. So, interesting. Definitely interesting. Um, thank you very much for talking to us. Really appreciate it. Uh, is there anything that we've missed out that you really want to cover?
1: No, uh, April 15th through 17th in Wichita, Kansas, Flying Monkey GT. We've got lots of game systems, 40K, X-Wing, Malifaux, War Machine Hordes. We've got hobby, uh, hobby prizes, hobby contests. Mm-hmm. I, I just hope everyone comes out. I hope everyone will have a blast.
0: Well, we've timed it perfectly because the tickets are on sale tomorrow, the 16th of January. Um, I'm sure they'll go nice and quick and remember... Um, you can get your hotels booked at a discounted rate as well on the Regency Hyatt uh, through that website, flyingmonkeygt.com. So go and do that, help them go and fill all that allocation. If you're looking for another GT to attend this year and you don't want to be spending that LVO, Adepticon, Nova money, um, then Kansas is a lovely place to visit, I'm sure. Um, The guys uh, at the Flying Monkey GT will be happy to show you around the wonders of Wichita. So hit that up tomorrow, flyingmonkeygt.com, if you want to check that out as a tournament. Thank you very much, Troy, for, uh, for speaking to us. Really appreciate it. And I wish you all the best with your event, and hopefully we talk again uh, real soon. Yep, thank you. Absolute pleasure. Cheers, take care. All right. Bye. thank you very much. You happy with that?
1: Yeah, that, that sounded good with me. Uh, uh, only one cough in there, I hope. Yeah, so. no,
0: I saw you sort of muting yourself as well. Um, yeah, so it was all good. I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, it was good. I was happy with that. All right, I, you know, I'm, I am uh, happy to uh, record any pickups if you have anything that you think. Uh, that, I'm pretty uh, sure it should be good. I uh, I got uh, distracted into the realms of squats at the end there. Uh, no it's cool I like Hopefully to Hopefully, that to know doesn't people. Uh, discredit me as a TO. <laughs> <laughs> no not at
0: all. I think you know the, the majority of any field of uh of a of a tournament is made up of people that aren't super duper serious and competitive stuff. So anything that you get out there to let the people know that you're not there just to service, you know, 10 people that want to run whatever ridiculous forge world Eldar craps out there at the moment. Um, I'm like sure that links that <coughs> my barbed hero at LVO dude you don't even need to worry about the links anymore it's the warp hunters they're they're fucked the new warp yeah. hunters are, are ridiculous yeah look I, out for those
1: I don't think anything's quite as bad as the Wraith Knight right now in my. <clears throat> did you know what this Corsair list with, with the modified yeah the Wraith Knight with the Hellstorm yeah
0: yeah, and there's um, just the corsairs in general are ridiculous. They've so got loads of s- special rules, powers, all kinds of stuff. They're very, very, they're Eldar, but better than Eldar. Which is yeah,
1: I, I have been uh, following <coughs> that to some degree. Uh, uh, I am, I am concerned about it. Uh, it yeah. It's like w- they look at Eldar and they're like, you know what, these need, you know, to get better. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. No one else needs new stuff. Let's give Eldar more stuff because Eldar is selling well anyway. So,
1: I, and I, I played Works and Nids, and and what did they get? They got power reduced in their new codexes. Dude, I don't. Oh. I don't understand. I don't
0: understand. They 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 brought out new 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 Tyranid models, and none of them were any good. The only thing you guys got was that stupid Leviathan formation, which doesn't make Tyranids any better. It just means you can take flyrants basically. Um,
1: yeah, it it's a well the Muclid, uh fifteen point troop option. Yeah, that that reduced the tax on running a flyrant spam army. Exactly. Which, that's not my style. <coughs> I I hate no. running spammy armies. So no. so that's part of why I'm running more. I know I day. know some
0: people don't like them, but. I'm really happy that like Gladius exists. I think yeah. that style of army is great uh, in terms of how it looks on the tabletop. That's that's at least that's what you think a Space Marine army should look like, right? Loads of rhinos yeah. on the tabletop, moving across the table. It, it makes sense to like a fluffy player and a competitive
1: player. But it you does. Know. It blows my mind that uh, Space Marines are now the best horde army out there. <laughs> uh, like that doesn't seem quite right. I wish yeah. orcs were a more effective horde army than space marines, but uh, yeah. but uh, I, I just don't think they know what to do themselves.
0: I don't think they yeah. know what to do on purpose. Sometimes they have uh, sometimes they have moments of genius, but I, I refuse to believe that it's intentional genius. You know, I, I think it's just let's let's fling some rules together and these ones work really well, or alternatively, you get the orc
1: codex where they don't work really well. So, sure, and like it's it's sort of fascinating how how inconsistent their design strategy has been throughout this last year here, like they are like it, once in a while I'll pick up someone else's codex to look up a special rule, yeah, and just the formatting in the codexes has changed four times this edition like it's so so incredible how different their their design philosophy has been throughout the. Throughout the time here, that like uh, one thing that that I don't know how this is happening for you guys, but in the states here, uh, the Gladius is absolutely uh, defining <coughs> the meta right now. Yeah, uh, there are just a lot of Gladius players out there, uh, and uh, it, if you are trying to run a competitive list, you have got to be able to beat Gladius. Uh,
0: well. Over here, people just take 48, is it 48?
1: So it's a 42 Warp Spiders. That's, that's, a, that's a very powerful list. Uh, yeah. I have played against that a couple times. That is, uh, <coughs> I managed to get a Green Tide that did a multi-assault onto two large units of Warp Spiders and ran them down uh, somehow. Uh, but uh, because he did because somehow I sniped out the X arc the X arc like yeah a, so
0: they will not this anymore
1: yeah. yeah I challenged out one of them and the other one I had killed somehow earlier in the battle okay so but yeah and one thing that helps a lot is ITC has FAQ that they only get one they jump, get one yeah and boy does that make a difference uh, mm. I don't does ETC do that too no
0: nope. no we nope. play we play rules as written. Um, yeah So they get, they get all the jumps they want. Um, it's but the thing is, it, when you when you play, ITC just makes the game different because, <clears throat> as an example, we were, we were talking with Justin Cook about some of the town stuff, and it's like, the big elephant in the room is like invisible units, invisible Death Stars. Now for yep. you guys, you can just dump massive pie
1: plates on them. Oh, yeah, my new Stompa, it has two 7-inch Strength 10 AP1 templates coming off of it. Exactly. Now, in, in ITC, that's great. That's
0: really, really good. Or even the new Storm Surge can dump Strength yep. 10 AP2 on it.
1: Yep. In our rules, it doesn't work. <laughs> I I know, and I've I've played in other... Uh, we, we do a different format yeah. every single month. And, okay. And boy, does invisibility change things. Yeah. Uh, invisibility and 2-up re-rollable, those two things... <sighs> Well, well just utterly shift the meta in such a massive fashion that's why uh, you're seeing uh, a
0: lot of collexus assassins we had to shift recently to um to three
1: to three sources basically um, yep well and three sources is great like so i i have a collexus yeah and uh boy do my tyranids need a collexus <coughs> my tyranids in particular need a collexis so incredibly bad. But I actually run into the problem because in order to actually get the Kalexis where I need to go, I need two detachments for that. Mm -hmm. And that only leaves me with one detachment for all my Tier Nids. Okay. What are you doing with him? With the Kalexis? Yeah. I'm putting him... So I have not This is Theory Hammer because I haven't run the Kalexis with my Nids yet. Uh, I ran them with my orcs a couple times just in kind of less competitive contexts. Yeah. But <coughs> I'd probably take a, uh, I'd probably take a, a Space Marine uh, White Scars uh, Army with a cheap librarian mm-hmm. and a cheap tack squad in a drop pod and a fast attack drop pod. Okay. And since it's my Tyranids, I'd probably add in a Thunderfire Cannon there too. That makes sense. So that that's probably so that way the collexis goes in the empty drop pod, and I get to decide does it come in on turn one or not.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. But
1: like, what I'd love them to do is to fix shadows in the warp, because that's what I need the collexis for, you know. And if they if they made shadows work like the collexis does, or even like just. <laughs> good actually have any effect at all on like these conclaves and seer stars and stuff yeah exactly uh that that is what i need like you know and there's lots of theories on how you could do that uh uh you know one just make (coughs) people only succeed when casting on fives or succeed on casting on one one worse you know for instance on the whole table that would be a a neat fix to shadows that would be but but yeah. yeah, my orcs can use a Calexis. uh They're not quite as needful of it uh, really. for a couple reasons. I you mean, know. you don't really care about shooting invisible
0: shit with I, those exactly. Anywhere. You're hitting on fives or sixes. Oh, well. Hitting on
1: fives or sixes. Difference. It's why my orcs are so good at anti-air. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. But other than yeah. that, not a great deal going for <laughs> them, unfortunately.
1: I've thrown a Vindicare in a couple orc lists uh, for, for testing. I'm, I'm not quite sold on the Vindicare. Uh, I don't think he's worth the points for his
0: survivability. He's too easy to pick up. Um, I agree. But yeah, it's cool. Alright, it's 3 o'clock in the morning here. Yeah, I'm still at work, so I'm going to go I'm, home.
1: I'm sorry to have kept you up so late. <coughs> no, I'm, I'm... It's, a,
0: it's absolutely fine. It's a pleasure. It's been really nice talking to you, Troy, and I really, really hope the event goes well, because you seem like a, a, a good bunch of guys, so.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate it. No worries, sir.
3: Cheers. Take care. Have a good night. Bye. Hi, all. Matt here again. This time I'm joined from over in the States by Julio Rodriguez and, oh, this is going to be tricky, Farzad Mediphor? Mediphor. Yeah, it's close. So, hey, guys. Hello. Morning. So, you two have just been to the Butchers of Bakersfield event, correct? Correct. And that's at Otto's Video Games and More, right over on the West Coast, right? Yeah, California. Yeah, so can you tell everyone a little bit about that event, kind of format it is,
7: that kind of thing? You want to go first first?
8: Uh, Sure. It's a 50-person ITC that was hosted at Cal State University of Bakersfield nearby the store. It was Otto's first time uh, running an event. Of that caliber, so they put some incredible efforts in trying to create all the terrain, get the tables, and just organize for 25 tables and accommodating all of us. And it worked out overall pretty well. And I don't know, I had a blast with Leo. Yeah, definitely.
3: So is that 50 player for a one day event?
8: For one day yeah. event? Yeah. So that's a pretty big event Th- then. Pretty big event. Uh, it was a little bit of a different format from the usual. It was three rounds, and if you're in the top eight, you played a fourth round. Ah, okay. And so... few... Yeah, so it was a very long day, for example, for Julio, who was there for all four rounds, and he left at about 11pm. It was pretty crazy. Ooh, what time did you start, then? Uh, okay. First game was about, was supposed to start at
3: 10, I started about 45 minutes late. Ah, oh, so you were there for about 12, 13 hours. Yeah, 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 it's not too bad. To got, matter, huh? With four games, that's not too bad time-wise. It's just a long day. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so it was ITC event. You said basically yeah, built of LVO is that?
8: Yes, it's a they run it as a warm-up or practice for people for LVO. A time ago, it was really really good because a lot of new units are out. The Imperial Armor book for Mimira. Of course, units and new Eldar units are there. So it was fun trying out units and seeing other people and all their different combinations. There so, was a lot of Eldar love there. I know you took some of the
3: new Eldar Forge stuff, didn't you? Do you want to go through your list just and why you took all the sure.
8: new stuff? Sure. It was actually Julio and another friend, Andrew, uh, that had me on Thursday night start swapping new things into my list. So I went. I deviated from my usual like cat bike style. And threw in a couple warp hunters in a formation, uh, links into a Corsair cad with two groups of three scout bikes in the Corsair cad, the Void Dreamer, and the Corsair Prince, along with an Eldar cad of six bikes and three groups of three bikes with the Farseer for 1,849 points. And, okay, right, and the Wraith Knight, of course, with the the Ghost Glaive, and Scatter Shield.
3: Ah, so a Combat Wraith Knight.
8: Yes, definitely the Combat Wraith Knight. I love the Combat Wraith Knight. That's... And, yeah, the combinations there, with, especially with the new Corsair units, was throwing me off a little bit. Void Dreamer's powers are definitely interesting and take a lot to get used to. Yeah, much... Yeah,
3: go ahead. I've seen some of those new powers with you know, making units go back into reserve or things
8: like that is just... Uh complete overpower it's, <laughs> it's completely nuts and like for example on a turn 5 I was trying to vanish this one person's warlord so the game would end and I get the warlord point
3: I should just put the unit in reserve and
8: they're just dead yeah. <laughs> yep so I was at the bottom of the turn so I'm like alright let's see if I can pull this off but I, I wound up getting it anyway he flew it off the board and the game ended but it was just kind of funny <laughs> uh, the other things that are cute the one where you can pull units towards you or away from you, you can move other people's units.
3: Oh, so they've got and lots of submission.
8: Yeah, it's it's freaking awesome. Sitting on an objective and you go, okay, I'm just going to move you six inches over. And you're not an objective anymore. It's mine now. And you can't do anything about it. it it's rough.
7: Yeah. Yeah, those, those bars are really crazy. Like, we were seeing, like, you know, people on turn one uh, using that, that hole. I don't know what it's called, but... The whole unit goes so, through it and then it comes in another, so another person table. It's and then you can still top. charge after it. Yeah, the deep yeah. strike and charge. It's And you can still charge afterwards. So the, the guy was doing it that, that way and like getting first blood on people from charging them. It's pretty okay, crazy. go
8: first, tunnel, pop up on the other side of the board, still shoot and charge.
3: Which way you can
8: go? On... You can still cast your, finish casting your psychic powers on the other side of the tunnel, too.
3: So with a massive Seer Council, there's a lot of room for abuse there.
8: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, if the, the Void Dreamer joins an Eldar unit, it becomes considered a Corsair unit for the Webway Tunnel to be able to use it. Like You can't put a Wraith Knight through it, but for something like a Seer Council where the Void Dreamer can join, it becomes very, very overpowering very, very quickly. Yeah, I
3: can imagine that being
8: pretty dirty. So You can you... like no null...
3: I was just going to say, did you have uh, some more Eldar filth then, Julia? Oh, yeah. So were you using Eldar as
7: well? Or did you have... I don't know, I, I'm sorry. I, um, I took my, my normal Magladez Battle Company for Wisecars. Oh, is that just mass rhinos is it, or
3: some drop pods mixed in there?
7: Um, my list consists of a, a Connor foot, And then I have the Chapman with the Hunter's Eye also on foot. And then I have a uh, two two rhinos with the uh, devastator squads, two graph cannons in each one of them. I have two tacticals with the graph cannon copy graph, and these are refinements too. Um The last uh, tactical squad is just an eraser back, just all bolters. And then I have seven pods. uh Two of the pods are assault squads with double flamers. And then I have three tacticals with the once again. And then I have a command squad that I. I got from John when I went to Nova. I was talking to him about it, and I, I really like it because it's like four military guns and a command squad, and you can put them in a pod for free, and then you know come down and kill something. Um, like a I also took the, yeah, I also took a a copy of the, the Great Wolf Detachment for space Wolves. so I can get a, a fast attack pod and uh, and like other stuff like for really low points. That way I can take a calyxes and put the calyxes in the pod. And they really, really house on my list. So it's a, it's uh, seven pods, it's six tank, uh, six rhinos, and a lot of graph.
3: So a lot of Grav, a lot of melter, and a hell of a lot of bodies for yeah. people to try and get through as well.
7: Yeah, it's about seventy bodies, I believe.
3: Yeah. Do you find with that you're normally trying to keep other bodies off, or just to make people harder to it, kill it, them, it, or just throwing them in the face and?
7: getting the damage out. Yeah, a lot of times uh now with with the list I can actually go and you know and kill a lot of stuff. So I've been I've been noticing that if I play more aggressively in, in certain games, it's just too much for my opponent to, to handle and and I, I will kill a lot of, of his units where um I'm killing faster than he is. And, and then there's some games where like I have to just play really defensively and and go for the mission and just you know outflank and, and wait on objectives and and just wait for the games to be over.
3: Yeah, for those not aware, can you guys go through the ITC mission formats? Here's something we'll touch on in podcast yeah. coming up, but I know it's yeah, not yesterday, really. Yesterday,
7: yesterday, uh, yesterday we actually played almost a similar order for um for OBL, the way it, it's supposed to be from round 1 through 4, I believe. Um. The the first one is Emperor's will, it's... It's pretty much impossible from the book. You know, it's uh, two adjectives, uh one for your opponent, one for yourself. Um and at the same time that you're playing Masterm. So there's a Master Chant one through six, and then each turn uh before your turn you roll on the table. And uh you get two objectives you're supposed to do, like uh you know, kill unit or get uh line breaker or get objective one or objective two. Um and what happens is that you both score at the beginning of the turn and you you score at the point. Uh, you roll at the beginning of the turn and then you score at the end of the game turn. So if you go first, you know what you're trying to do is, is project your objectives or, or like a move where you're supposed to be. And then um, if you go in second, you can counter or you can you know uh, kill where you're supposed to kill to go after the objective and then score points at the end.
3: Do you find there's a massive swing for going second then if you maelstrom, which is half your mission is always yes. scored at the end of the game I, so yes.
7: I believe so I, I do I do feel it's a little bit of an advantage a lot of times what happens is that if, if you're really good opsec what you can do is you know go second and just wait where you're supposed to go and you know move that way and encounter whatever your opponent is doing I've been noticing now with my with my gladius that there's so much opsec in my army that it's okay for me to go first because you know, I can just be where I have to be with my OPSEC, my and I still get my Alpha Strike off. Yeah, you've just not sure. got too many models for yeah. them to clear off the objectives.
8: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Playing Julio, it's very, very difficult dealing with the amount of sheer volume of units around every single objective, and unless you're very, very efficient in killing like all the pods and the Marines that keep coming and the Rhinos that keep coming. You're never going to really keep up, especially with the Maelstrom and then when it comes out the primary you got to really compete for every last little inch objective to try to get in there at least so it gets to be fun
3: yeah because that is quite a big difference i found because i've played a few of the itc missions as well as mainly etc where with etc you've got your big deck of 18 cards whereas when you've only got your six to choose from you've got quite a limited amount and it Changes every turn, doesn't it? And then there's different ones for different missions. So, do you ever find that's quite annoying to have an objective you can't really set up for the next yeah. turn to score it? You just have to go for it that
7: turn. I was gonna bring that to you. There, there's an adjective It's it's a, the roll of a six, where it says you have to have three of your own units, and none of your opponents in your deployment zone. And most likely, what happens is if if you roll that? Uh, you won't get it and you'll start losing last because of that one especially if you, when you roll it t- uh, two in a row or three in a row and you're losing three points you know and you, you just can't catch up after that so yeah it's very I very easy like, to I. I feel like that one has to be a little bit uh, fixed or changed because it's too hard to, too hard to do
8: what do you think about more like a Nova style where you get to pick your own secondaries for
7: like the tournament for really, the match I really enjoyed that one too that was that was a lot of fun for the, for the true juries
8: yeah I, I like that better it creates more variability I think a lot of these games have become a little too formulaic where you gotta do the exact same thing every time at least with the Nova missions you can tweak things and make it more interesting have more like variables to consider Yeah. That, opens I think up I, the game a lot more
3: I found that with the ETC ones because you've got 18 different cards and each mission you draw in different amounts you can always get them in different orders and things like that, so you never play in the same because you might have to do different things turn by turn. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, exactly. Uh,
8: it, first... It's a lot more creative of a game.
7: You want to talk about your games first?
8: Yeah, you, you, you uh, let uh... you guys go for your games. Sure. Uh, my first uh, game I played Jeremy V. I believe he's Team Zero Comp. Is that right, Julio? I think so. I think so. <laughs> and that was an incredible game. It came down to basically. One armor save, which I failed, that led to the loss. It was was pretty hilarious. And the other part that was huge was he got to go second. So, for an Elder Army being OPSEC, that was a handicap. But he played his list extremely well and did everything perfectly to to make everything work out for him. He was a great opponent, great game, really fun. And he runs Tau without any of the real big units, uh, infiltration cadres. Along with a couple ghost kill units and other like cow fun thrown in there, and it was just a very solid match. Went both ways. His ability to create my larger units to snap fire so I could shoot was very very powerful. And it's just a really really fun fun time, a fun game. The second game I played against Nids, which uh, from another teammate out of Town Stick, and that was really fun too. It was relic right, from NWO. It's Julio's teammate. And we went to turn five and the game ended. I just hopped on the relic and the game basically ends. And that's part of the problem with the, the current format. It's you're doing pretty much the exact same thing. You want to go second, you want to jump on the objective, you want to win. It it comes down to that a lot. So that's how game two turned out. And game three was relatively smooth, played War Convocation, had a good Wraith Knight, I Knight fight, with the Wraith Knight being in close combat, Monster Initiative 5, in one turn it basically vaporized I-Knight and just used advantages of the advantage a voice Shield and hanging back to basically just pepper people out with all the D from the Lynx and the uh, that game, the War Hunters did a lot of work. So overall, a great day. I had a blast. Uh, my first game was by far the most interesting and I was a little bit of a sad panda after like, losing such a close game and getting one point, where I could have won with one more armor save, of a three it up on my Warlord, but that's how it goes, it comes down to the dice sometimes, and that's what makes it really, really fun So,
3: just before do- we move on to Julio's games then we said a lot of games you lost do you think if you'd gone second yourself, or if you were scoring the mail at the end of the player turn that it would have been a win rather than a loss in those situations.
8: It, in my first game, I definitely believe so. Because I, I'm very good at controlling objectives and be able to hop on them to get Maelstrom more late game. If I have to try to hop on objectives and stay alive with like fragile scat bikes, it's very hard for me to score Maelstrom or win Maelstrom and win primary and keep all my bikes alive. So it becomes a game of attrition. If the other person is very efficient in killing my bikes, which Jeremy is a very good player, uh, it makes it very, very tough for, for me to compete or try to survive mm-hmm. all the way through, especially the game starts so going on like turn seven. People can whittle me down. Cool.
3: So, moving on then. Because I know you did yep. four games, were we saying before? So you must have done pretty well in your first three. Uh, first? Oh,
7: yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh... My first game was uh, one of my buddies from San Diego, um, Ryan Mead. He was running a Chaos Corn uh, Demon army with uh, Chaos Demons. So it was pretty much uh, two Juggerlords, uh, a big 50-minute unit of cornhouse, uh, some Cultists. He had the, the new Chaos Knight, which is pretty awesome, actually. But He was running with the Siege. He also had a Void Generator. Almost everybody did. Yeah, everybody had a Void Generator. I had a Void Generator.
3: Yeah, cause with a rule in where you only need one guy saying, like, Green Tide, you have one arc, a back, hundred arcs, and a Void Shield. That's yeah, pretty... right. <laughs> <laughs> that makes him pretty strong.
7: He had a... What is that called? That great and clean one? So pretty much what, what happened was that he scouted his his hounds. I think he went first, and then I made him go first, and then uh, I scouted my 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 rhinos to the, to the, to the right away from him. And he, I pretty much just waited for him to move forward and start shooting him. Uh, I dropped down to kill the watcher generator right away. because He was trying to stay within within range, but once I I killed it on turn one, uh, he he didn't have it anymore, and I was able to shoot him with my graphs and stuff. I uh, ended up killing um, his Juggerlord on turn one because he had it on the side and he couldn't look at some sort of the shots from the graph cannons. And it turned into a, a bloodthirster just from dying. Ah, that's always oh, yeah. a bonus. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so so I was like, he dies and he's like, okay, I, I get to bring my bloodthirster out. So he deep strikes the bloodthirster like, right in front of my graph cannons. And then a couple of turns later when, when I dropped... Uh, my other monster to kill his knight, he failed his grimoire on the knight, so I think he had like a like a six up, you know, uh, Im- imbo safe. Okay, and I was able to do five full points to it, and I just couldn't blow up. I couldn't roll the pen result to blow it up, and he ended up staying with one one whole point left on him. Uh, so pretty much he pretty much cleared the the whole left side of the table, and it was Emperor's role So my right side where well was, I was still had a lot of units on there, and then I was starting going for his as he had it right in the middle of his women's started going for his and at, at the end um, I, I killed his Helldrake I killed uh, the both the other culture's units and uh, the bloodthirster. once he was able to stay, uh, get out of com- combat because he charged a unit and then he killed it so he's pretty much right in the open and I just shot 10 Grav Cannon shots with the Inor cover and he had to take like 7 7 Nimble saves and he just died he just couldn't take them all. Um, So by that point, I had a a line breaker, I had had, um, First Blood, and both masterm and Primary Missions. So he pretty pretty much called it. It's like, I'm not going to be able to do anything else. And uh, I won 10-0 on my first game. And so that was like, yeah. So they were already talking about it, like, uh, so which club were you in, the 11-0 or the 10-0? And trying to figure out who's going to play who again. So, we go on to round two, and I, I end up playing uh, the guy that, that beat the, your third opponent. For, son. Okay. Um, he was the one with... I don't know if you've seen this one, Matt. It's a it's a really weird uh, a formation. It's uh, the Brass Scorpion formation.
3: Oh, when it's oh. all the... With all the defilers and everything
8: with it.
7: Yeah, I think it's called like a Hellforge something-something. Yeah, something from the card Demon Kim one.
8: Yeah, that, 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 that was... Re- that was the well painted one, right? With the white brass scorpion.
7: Yeah, it was nice. And it was like all convergence and stuff. Was that the one um, you sent
3: the picture of with the fantasy spiders? Yes. Yeah, that, that one's the one.
7: So so we move on and, and it's it's relic mission again. Uh, uh, Hammer and Animal. I uh one of the one of the tertiaries was first strike, which means that that you two have to kill a unit on turn one or something like that, and if you don't, you don't get the point. So, I I make him go first, and then I was like, I'm not gonna deploy anything because I don't really have to, and he doesn't really have sh- any shooting to to um, to do any damage anyways. So I was like, I'm not gonna deploy anything, and not just uh, Alpha striking with with drop pods. And and on his turn one, he has nothing to kill, so he's not gonna get first strike. And I drop my drop pods. I kill Soul grinder for his first strike, and I get my point. And then I, um, I do some whole the whole points on the rest of the stuff. So he moves forward, and then he starts. Uh, I think uh, the, those spiders um, that Forge Union I think, um, has to charge whatever is closest to him. So they were like like falling my pods. <laughs> you know, that, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the only way. So once I noticed that that he had to go that way, I started putting like more pods around him. So he pretty much just had, like, it was, like, killing pods here and there. I put um, three pods in in front of the, the relic so that I could block away his uh, scorpion.
8: Oh, yeah. he kept guessing uh, that he couldn't clear the units fast enough. Uh,
7: well, what happened is that he was, you know, he was killing stuff, but it wasn't important stuff. It was pods and, like, marines that were, like, getting out of him.
3: Oh, so you're just feeding oh. him the chaff and keeping the grav guns and the yeah. melters at the back.
7: Yeah, and then, uh, and then once, once my, uh, my grab cannons came from Alpha flank, I was able to just shoot his, um guys to either kill them or immobilize them. I killed, uh, both, both the soul grinders and then I killed two spiders. And then everything else was immobilized except the breast scorpion. Right, so he had a Heldrake and he had a breast scorpion in the end of the game. What ended up happening is that his, his scorpion was the warlord and he put it right on top of the relic. And it's like a huge model. So I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to go over there and contest you because I don't fit. And I was like, I'm already winning the game though, so I was like, I'll just take the win. And I left it like that. I ended up winning six to four, and I was like, oh, I guess okay, I'm okay with that one. But what I didn't notice, I, it was pretty much like a battle point tournament because like whoever has the most battle points is gonna win it all. Uh. So the, yeah, so that that one pretty much brought me down to like the the lower points of the the winners. Into the third round. Into so the third round, ended up facing a, a Richard, also from San Diego, um, with the uh, Tao and Eldar. And it was a pretty pretty cool combination. He had a, a Dawnblade formation. Uh, Eldar was like a Farseer, six Jet Bikes, a Rafe Knight. And then he also had four units of broadsides, but it was just one men's. And a lot of, uh, Pathfinders. He had like four or five units of Pathfinders. Also with the War Shield generator. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I was, I was, I was freaking out because it, it was a kill points mission. And I was like, uh, Tal can intercept and easily get first blood. So, I, I didn't even know how it was going to go for me because I was like, it's kill points. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to, I'm not going to win kill points. So, uh, I, from playing Farzen, I I I told him to play me kill points over and over again, so I can get an idea, and I would I would try things out and it wouldn't work and farsad would beat me, and so yeah, we I was pretty sh- a, I was pretty so sure.
8: Julio. Yeah. Uh, going back to that, we played kill points probably like what ten or fifteen times in a month. By the end <laughs> of that, I'm like Julio. Dude, we're not playing anymore. I'm not playing kill points. <laughs> go away.
3: So you've mastered we're
7: battle company. <laughs>
3: you've mastered yeah. losing the kill points but winning the mission then. <laughs> yeah.
7: yeah. So uh, so when, when I sat up to the table and I saw what he had and everything, I was like, I have a game plan to do and if I if it goes my way I think I can win this game. And when did I happen I was like, um uh, I won the role and I was like, I'm gonna go first. Like in this in this game, you do wanna go first. And um I, I dropped my mail test. I'm going to take out your boy, your shields. And he intercepted me, but I think he made a mistake where he split his shots here and there. And and didn't wipe one of my units off. So he didn't get first blood on me. Um, So uh once his uh, interceptor was over, he didn't get first blood. I I dropped down the shields. And then with my scouting rhinos, I was within range of his uh, Rage Knight with my graph cannons. So so I shot 10 Ingror cover uh, graph cannons into it and just killed it the break knife for first blood. Um, after that, in the next turn, I, I killed his Riptide and uh, I was killing uh, his his broadsides here and there. <laughs> By the end of the game, he was charging me. He's like, <laughs> I might as well charge you because I'm not really killing you with shooting. <laughs>
8: <laughs> That's funny. He's a you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so you were winning the attrition war against Tau.
7: Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, if if I bring those shields down and I'm able to shoot you, I'm going to be able to kill a lot of units and you're just not going to have enough left. I think I actually beat them and kill points in the end. So, um, I ended up scoring 11 points to 0. So, um, that was a big boost. And I was like, I, I'm 3-0 oh now. And I think that we were talking about it how 6 people were going to go 3-0 uh, and, oh and make the top 8. And then you had a chance for going two and one and making the you know the bottom uh, of the, the top eight?
8: Yeah, the, the bottom so, of the top eight, Julio wound up having yeah. like 24-25 points. I missed out on it by like three or four points because of that first round. I was like, No.
7: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was close. So uh with the with the three knows I was gonna get guaranteed spot on the top eight and uh we started you know, waiting a bit to see who we can play. Um the other top eight was, uh, was Jeff and Control Robinson with his, uh, Admec, uh, World Communication against, uh, Adam Gotti and his Eldar. So his, his, his Eldar is pretty, like, simple. It's just, you know, uh, Seer Console, uh, Wraith ah. Knight, some, some Rave Guard, and that Deep Strike and all that stuff, Jet Bikes. Um, ended up facing, a uh, Grant, Grant Devato from, uh, Team Zero Comp. And he had a, he had the new Corsair with Seer Console, uh, Elder Army. Or just like all new tricks. It was pretty pretty awesome. And uh, then the other
8: on that ar- in that army, Julio, what did he use for Fearless?
7: Uh really? Fearless. Did he have like a the Shard or something like that in there? Oh no, I don't know. He probably had a shard I I, I didn't notice. Because he, uh-huh. he had the Seer Console where he had to take the two years. some so I'm pretty sure one of them had a shard. Or maybe Eerolith gives him too. I'm not sure.
8: Yeah, I realize with the Void Dreamer unit and all that, you need to have Fearless, or else it gets ugly fast.
3: Yeah. Is that a relief with the other the Phoenix Law one with Hit and Run? I think. I Far think... Uh, off. The... Oh, there is a Forge bar... one as well with Hit and Run, I think. The, uh... the Jetpack one. I can't remember what the name
7: is.
8: Yeah, there's a new one, the Corsair one. Yeah. But, yeah I can look it up in a sec. Go ahead and keep talking, guys. I'll find it. <laughs>
7: Uh, the other the other opponents uh, in the top eight was uh, uh, Paul McKelvey was running tower. And he was running the top piranhas that, you know, they move to the edge and then they go off the board and then come back on you. Yeah, the so, infinite piranhas. What he was doing was uh, he would shoot off his secret missiles and then go off the table and then come back and get all new secret missiles. Which is oh, wow. Cool. He was yeah. reloading.
8: Yeah, that one also driving. heals you, doesn't it, when you go off the board and come back?
3: Yeah, you get all your hull points back, all your drones, everything. So you, you yeah, dump all your drones into a unit, get, fire all your missiles, go off, uh-huh. come back on, do the same again. Yeah,
7: he, he also had the fortress the Fultural, uh, Riptide, the Urbana or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the one with the double flamers, strength 6, AP3. And he was doing really good with it because he was flying around and then being able to kill Marines, kill geobikes bikes and all that stuff. Uh his opponent was a Necron player, uh Michael Snyder. And his Necron's originals uh just re- re- reanimation protocols and um the detachment, I forgot what it's called. The Decurion. The Decurion, there you go, with spiders and raves and all that stuff. He actually had a one unit of a... uh what is that unit called? The, the one the charges. no the one that the small one that the charges like almost nobody likes scarabs no it's uh, I don't even know what it's called because you almost never see it what does it look like the model it's like a like a walking looking dude oh the Triarch yeah, stalker no, no it's like it's a whole unit they're like real skinny and then like they have claws in their arms oh the flayed ones flayed ones there you go yeah he actually likes those because uh, he, he infiltrate and stop uh scouts and all that stuff too so his army is pretty cool. Re- it, he says it's really, really uh, resilient. I played him once uh, last year, and with my uh, with my battle company, we ended up tying the game. So they played each other, um, and then the last game was a, the the uh, two and ones. It was uh, a Dark Angels player, but Brandon, against uh, Trevor Van Klee from Team Zero Comp with his uh, Tau. So what happens is that Jeff in control uh, ties his game against Adam six six. And then in my game, on, uh, he also had a bullet shield. Uh, Grant also had a war shield. So on turn one, I, I dropped a Maltus, and he left me some space to be able to move within six. And I blew up the bullet generator for, for, for First Blood because the mission was Crusade, so First Blood was one of the, the points. So I blew it up, and then uh, I just wait for my, my Kalexis to come in. And once it did on turn three, it came in... Uh, I, I dropped the run in front of a Seer console within, you know, the, the range that he needs to get the shots off. And it had, like, two other graph Cannon units next to it, the Seer console and just waiting for that. So all his powers are gone. No more fortune. Uh, no more uh, whatever else he had that, that was trying to, you know, survive. Uh, he gives me, like, 20 warp charges right from the Seer console. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was, like, 20 warp charges plus my three from a roll. Uh, from all the ones that he, that he was generating. And I shoot him like 23 times with the, uh, with the collexes into Strength 5, AP 1. And just obeyed, it. you know, he's BSA, so you're hitting all of them. Uh, and it, it took like half, half the sequence that was just gone. First years, everything that he had was just gone. Um, uh, and then after that, once I do that shooting from the, from the collexes I still had 16 shots of graph cannons into him, and then 10 of them were uh, ignore cover. So I shoot at all that with my Devastated Doctrine rerolling a hit, and it just finished it off. Once I finished it off, and then I, I killed some other key units that he had, like some jet bikes and a, a hemlock wave fighter, he pretty much didn't have anything else left, so he just called it right there. Um, it was Crusade, and it was four objectives. I, I was already on turn three, I was already on. on, on on all four of them with OPSEC. So um I pretty much would have, you know, uh, finished the game with the full score anyways. So I win eleven and zero, and that just jumps me to, to first place after that. Do well, um, you know
8: how many points he actually we talked about this. You got first place but still by like three or four points to go, right?
7: But yeah. What so ended th- up happening is that since uh since Jeff and, and Adam tied six six, um they were the, the highest points from the from the top eight. Uh, it gave me a chance to catch them up. And then the third table, even if the guy that, like even one of the guys would have uh, maxed out with 11 points, they were still like, would be like one point behind me and couldn't catch me anyway. So they knew they were not going to win it all. Um, so they played their game and uh, Paul beat um, uh, Michael by like a point, six, seven, six, I think. So uh, at the end, I ended up taking first uh, with my, my with my battle company. Uh, Paul took second with uh, with this Tau and then um, and then Adam Gotti uh, came in in third with the uh, three wins and one draw with the Zelda
3: so you were saying you saw a lot of Eldar around them what was the yeah, build saw... normally? was it a
8: lot of No, not a lot but all of them did pretty well I think it was it was the thing everybody was in the top half basically and we still bumped into them a good bit yeah we saw four
7: armies I think it was with with Eldar. Uh, see. Yeah, about four armies of them.
3: I know in the pictures you sent across as well, there's a lot of corn demonkin. Do you reckon that'll be the same LVO or do you reckon it'll be a different
7: meta
8: there? Well, the rage quick go. table flip guys run a lot of corn demonkin and chaos and all that, right? Yeah,
7: yeah. I so think so it's really is good. Just, though. It, it is. Yeah, it yeah. is really good. I, one thing I am seeing more and more with corn demonkin is those renegade units. Like with thud guns and the the Rapers and the last cannon and all that stuff, because they get a big yeah, boost, you know, they get a big boost yeah. where they they're able to kill stuff and still get those those teeth points uh, to summon units, and so I think that's a really good combination that's working right now.
8: That'd be cool to see. Yeah.
3: So with you guys moving on to Vegas, would you change your list? Because I know we like when you put your assassin in your pod. I've been debating myself: Do I want an assassin? Do I not want an assassin? Is it going to be worth it? What's your take on that? I feel like, the,
7: yeah, I feel like uh, if you're going to take a, a, a battle company, that assassin helps so much because um, it gives you that boost. Where you're going to find a, a death star, like a, a wolf star, or like a seer Console, where you just kill all his powers, and you have a chance to actually hurt it when you shoot it. And if you can't hurt it when you're shooting it, then it's, it's going to be a, a lot harder of a game, and for 140 points, I think it's a it's a really good investment. Like ever since I added yeah. added, him, added him to my list after after Nova, I think I'm like a, I'm 12 and two in tournaments with with my list. You think in playing Julio assassin-
8: from like a the elder perspective regarding the assassin, it's able to shut down things like invisible wraith knights running around. Uh, it gives him power to deep strike an assassin early. If he gets my Void Shield down, there's there's so much that can happen that just that you have to deal with. That In his case, yeah, that, that 104 unit is worth like 300 points. It works out really, really well. Do you
3: reckon you'd keep all your new Eldar stuff you've been testing, or are you going to go back to, was it scout bikes you said you're using quite often?
8: Yeah, I might go back to more of my long-range scout bike list if I want to keep it simple. If I want to go a little bit off the deeper end, I really, really love playing Super Seer Councils. So I might tweak a list with five Farseers, the Void Dreamer, eight to ten Warlocks, and all that thrown in, and maybe somehow I'll squeeze in a Wraith Knight and just a few groups of like small Scout Bikes for OPSEC. Because I love having a buffed up, buffed out Wraith Knight running around the board. On top of that, having a buffed out Super Seer Council that can basically now travel across the board on turn one. There's there's a lot of potential for some really really fun shenanigans there, and I'll either blow myself up doing it or have a lot of fun. So it's not really to pl- play to win; it's more like to play to See do something new.
5: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
8: <laughs> but the new so, are definitely fun.
7: Who are you? Who are you going to be traveling with, Matt, to LBL? Uh There's five of us coming
3: across. So there's me, Alex Harrison, who you've probably spoke to in endless chat and there's a couple of guys who you probably won't know but uh, I'll make sure we introduce everyone while we're there cool right thanks very much for coming on
0: So the first episode of 2016 is in the can, out the way, uh, as I said, a little bit longer this uh, this time around, I hope you appreciate that, we're going to be going back to the shorter formats for most of the content this year, but when needs warrant, we're going to be coming with some, some epic ones as well, and I'm sure that's going to be the case with Caledonian Uprising coverage, which we should have for you hopefully next week, uh, that's happening, as I said, this weekend in Stockport, a lot of you guys hopefully will be listening to this on your journeys back. And we will be doing more content on the road to the Las Vegas Open, which has come up very, very soon. Some of our own uh, cast members, uh, namely Matt Robertson, going to be travelling out to that internationally. I think there's five players going from the UK. Uh, so, nice strong contingent, uh, obviously the biggest solo 40k event in the world right now. So it definitely warrants uh, a lot of courage and we'll be looking at that a great deal in the weeks leading up towards that. We always appreciate any feedback and, of course, your interaction as well. So if you've got anything you want to hear on the podcast or if any questions you want to ask or anything you want to say, then please do so. Get involved on the Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Podcast. And if you're subscribed on iTunes, we'd love it if you could drop a positive review. It really helps us get out there uh, to more listeners when they search for 40K on the uh, iTunes uh, podcast app. So if you can do that, we'd really appreciate it. Thank you very much and we'll see you real soon for some more content.